Gee, Steve, what are we going to do tonight? Same thing we do every podcast. Tell them how we season. Here we go. It's how we seize it. Episode one hundred and eleven. Ooh, one one one. One one one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I saw that too. I was like, oh, that would have been kind of cool for the Matrix. It's a little bit. I was thinking because you know, digital and and all that, and the ones and zeros. But oh, that's true. It didn't. Well, I, what, it didn't work. Yeah. It could have been one zero one. What what was the? Episode? It could have too. Oh, it was a couple. Uh, yeah, right. I don't remember. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it was just. No I thought that would have been kind of fun. Uh, anyways, this time we're covering. Uh, speaking of Matrix, uh, another movie that came out in 1999. We're gonna uh, and another big movie that was a huge uh, DVD hit when it didn't do so well on the big screen, just like the Matrix. We're doing Fight Club. That's true. It didn't quite have the success that that uh, you would think at this day and age. You, you mentioned Fight Club, and you think, "Oh my God, that was a huge, huge movie." Everybody knows it, but uh, but it didn't really take off until cult class cult, cult yeah. status kind of launched from the DVD. Release. DVDs really was what it did. It did really good, apparently um, abroad, like um, worldwide, apparently. Uh, for in the theater compared to the U.S., the U.S. didn't really make a lot, but apparently in. The, the Europeans and every everybody else in the world likes it much more than we did it originally. Right, so are, are we going to talk about the festival release? Because there's this great story that that the lead uh, Brad Pitt and Ed Norton recant re- talk about where they were they were up in the balcony watching the movie at a festival. You know, the first time it was released, and they were they were stoned, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and people were just so offended and walking out, and all they could do was just laugh the whole time, but but it sounded like it really turned some people off at the beginning, a lot of the critics uh, um, in, in some of these festivals, but tell, hear, hearing them talk about how they were just, you know, stoned out of their minds and just laughing <laughs> up the whole time was hilarious. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I could see that, because um, I, this didn't seem to be a, a critics type movie. It's not. It was. It didn't seem to be the movie that was made for critics. And and I know uh, famously, uh, Siskel uh, really railed on it pretty hard and didn't really? care for it. Yeah. So, but I mean, you talked to any. I I asked a couple of people. Uh, you know, I did. I did the normal. I I, I listened to quite a few di- new podcasts that I hadn't listened to before. New new ones. So it was kind of neat, neat doing that. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask some people around uh, work of different age ranges just to see what they think of it, you know, cause that's, I'll get into a little bit later about that, but, um, yeah, everybody I talked to, Oh yeah, I've seen that. Oh, I love that. You know? And, and, and I was like, when was the last time you saw it? Because that's, that's something I'll get into the, the, the perception of when it first came out and when you first saw it and how old you are and, and when it was time wise to, to today. I mean, we're talking 23 years later, essentially that's true. Uh, 22, 23 years later, uh, things have changed socially that you know there's there's a lot it almost of people makes that, it more relevant i mean some of the t- things are talking some about. of it yeah some yeah. of it definitely for sure but there, but it's funny because some people uh that i i listened to were like oh i love this when it first came out and then they're like i don't know i i don't know so much about it anymore and they're in it's like i'm like so did you change did the movie change or did social media change your mind for you kind of <laughs> well, thing. And... I, I'll tell you, I, I watched a lot of, or listened to a lot of, uh, a lot of things on YouTube this last week. And I'm a little nervous about this podcast just because I was, I, I'm so, 
drawn towards the philosophy and some of the some of the motifs behind it and really i i saw a lot of interviews with the author you know the original nice. the, the, and mm-hmm. fascinating oh my god if you could track down some of those interviews he did a great interview with joe rogan um which is oh really my first interview uh introduction to joe rogan was when he he interviewed uh ed norton um so uh oh um, nice but anyway uh fascinating and to the to the point where I got so much stuff that I'm a little nervous that I'm not going to be able to convey, <laughs> you know, a, a, an eighth of what what I discovered. So, you know, if, if you listen to this podcast and you don't come away with a really a good understanding of the philosophy behind them, the movie or, or, or you know, that level of depth, seek out the author. And man, it's interesting listening to. That's that's cool. I mean, that's that's one of the things is uh, I really found interesting is listening to the bunch of different people talk is is some of the different theories that people had and and how many people tried to put a meaning on it and, and how different those meanings were and stuff like that. Like, you know, uh, it's one of my pet peeves. I really hate the fact when people watch a movie and they try to force feed a, a directive into it, like, oh, this is what it means. It's like, well, that's what it means to you, but that's that's you. And, and you know, not everything means the same to everybody. And, and this is one that very, very wide range of uh, yeah differences. Um, so you know, you, know, you say that one of the one of the things I watched was someone actually talking about with this movie in particular about when it's fair to say uh you know an idea or an extrapolation or some sort of uh conclusion that you draw from a movie is okay to say and when you can actually accuse someone of of being wrong and they they brought up you know they, Mm. they actually talked about a religious uh um speaker you know someone who 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 funds this religion of of I'll collect all your money until, you know, and, <laughs> and, and where you can actually look at the Bible and find verses that are completely against, uh, this, oh, this doing way. All that, yeah. And, and so it, it used that as a, as kind of a comparison of when in it, in this movie, it's fair to say, no, you know, this is, this is fair. This talked about it, but it's the wrong conclusion you're drawing and here's why. So sometimes I think it's fine to, to go a little bit more out on a limb and say, no, you're wrong because of this, this, and this, as long as you kind of have something to back it up and uh, can oh, tell, right. tell where you're, th- where you're coming from. I, I agree a wholeheartedly on that. Um, that's actually one of the things for me on this is that, um, I, I had a lot of different opinions than, a, than a lot of the people. And I don't know if it was, it couldn't have just been all age because I listened to some people that were, were on our age range. And then I listened to some that were, were much younger. Uh, and then, uh, quite a few females actually, which it was interesting. So, I mean, but the, the wide range of it, and we'll get into that, uh, before we get there, uh, I'm going to introduce myself cause, uh, I got to get better at that. This is one of those things we, we should be more professional by now about this. We're on our 111th, uh, uh, episode, uh, 111th, <laughs> so, is that what you said? 111th. I was trying to, I was trying to do the, uh, what's 11, the, uh, the hobby? 111. Yeah. No way. I can never do it right. Yeah. What does he what say? It? It's like 111. Like I think he said 111st. 71st, something yeah. like that. Yeah. That's right. Oh my Showing God. Our, that's right. This is our, our lack of hobbitus. There we go. Which is the first time I've ever, you know, I, that was the first time I'd ever heard anybody say it that way, which I thought was brilliant <laughs> in that movie. Anyways, uh, I'm Noah. I'm one of the main hosts for this show, uh, How We Sees It. And with me, as always, is my main man, Steve. Say hi, Steve. Thank you for having me. It's always good to be here. I really think this is an awesome, uh, you know, film to be covering and talking about. I, I'm a little nervous that I might be 
drinking a little too much and we'll see where that takes us oh this, no that's good that's what well, makes it great i don't know sometimes I, I i lose my train of thought a little bit more easily when i when, oh, I've, been, okay. uh, when I've been drinking and this is one where i want to try to hold on to it so we'll see <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of drinks <laughs> I, I yes speaking of drinks that's one of the things we do on this uh podcast how we seize it is we come up with a special drink or cocktail or beer that we pair with uh whatever show movie uh we're we're dealing with um so with this one we're we're talking in Fight Club and and I'm really curious to see what you came up with. All right, I had I am drinking a cocktail called the Insomniac, which uh, you oh, know nice. um, that's kind of the the starting point of this movie is uh, is our narrator cannot sleep and uh, so he goes to the doctor uh-huh. and, and yada 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 goes from there. But uh, so I found a cocktail called the Insomniac and I was really kind of pleased with the uh, with the ingredients because it's very coffee heavy and I thought it you know it actually requires uh, a shot of espresso made freshly. <laughs> um, so which I, nice. I I made on my espresso machine that my. Um, my, my daughter's book. Oh, yeah, you got that fancy that one. Talked about many times, so I won't go into it. I thought about actually going to uh, Starbucks and picking up an espresso there because that's something that uh, the director loves to throw Starbucks cups in almost every scene when you're looking for it in this movie. But, every, uh, yeah. every scene. <laughs> so this is every um, scene. equal parts uh, vodka, a hazelnut liqueur, um, a, a coffee liqueur, which I had uh, my Mr. Black uh, coffee liqueur from... Um, I don't know, a few weeks ago I used it for something. Um, you know, I don't even, yeah, use, yeah. I don't think I even used it on this show. I think I, I made a drink for my mother-in-law for Christmas and, and it involved. I was going to say, what are you, you moonlighting on me on another <laughs> podcast? <laughs> and then uh, the um, the espresso and half and half. Um, and uh, okay. it's called an insomniac. And uh, and it's it goes in a, you know, you shake it up in ice, throw a little, uh, a, a few espresso beans. Oh. Um, uh, as, as, um as garnish and garnish a, yeah yep, yeah yep anyway you know it's funny i saw one i saw something like that and uh i was i almost went kind of that route because it was it I, the caffeine and the the liquor and the sugar all kind of get you going and stuff like that which will keep you up all night <laughs> um and i've i've actually it, it sounds very similar to like a white russian yeah. um kind of yeah. style with the coffee absolutely the, absolutely i think that's, and that's i fair. love those and it tastes like uh, I, I, a frappuccino too, a chocolate frappuccino. So oh, it fits nice. right into the uh, Starbucks uh, mode as well. <laughs> Mo- motif. Motif. Nice. There you go. Nice. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, that sounds really good. I I had a hard time finding one of these because I I got tied up into a little bit of like I was trying to find something with the mental aspect and the the dual personalities, and I was looking for and I didn't find anything I really liked. And then I was like, well, let me just be simple, and I I typed in fist fight. Because there's the big part of this, and and one of the things that really set this apart was the raw brutalness of the Fight Club itself, sure. of the guys just just bare knuckle boxing kind of, and um, which is one of the the places I found a lot of people to have different opinions of what that meant to them, and and I didn't really find anybody to have the same opinion to me which i'll talk about a little bit later so i was like yeah i'm gonna I'll go with this fist fight it's also right up my alley with what <laughs> what the alcohol is and and what it's going to taste like and and you know me i like the fruity kind of drinks mm-hmm. which is very interesting that a fist fight is a fruity drink but it's it was supposed to be uh, a current vodka which is uh, kind of like a, a special it's like a berry flavored vodka a, a raspberry yeah, vodka yeah. 
Current, yeah. Um, and then peach schnapps, cranberry juice, and pineapple juice, all one ounce each. Well, I didn't have I didn't have the the current uh, vodka, but I did have a lime, and I'm like, oh, well, you know, it's not very, but it's close. I had all the rest of the ingredients, so I used the lime instead of the current, and one ounce each. Mixed them all up, and it it's got this nice little pink color. It looks like a kind of like a, a grapefruit juice. You drink it, and it's kind of like a syrup. It's kind of <laughs> like a, a a shot of cold syrup. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> It's the peach knops, and and I should have yeah. learned this a lot. I did peach knops not too long ago, and it still is tasty. It's not so heavy syrupy that it's like, oh, I can't drink that. But it just has. I think it's that peach knops. Something about it. It's yeah. It's one of those that just gives it a, a, a you know, a cold I, I, medicine kind of. I think I'm taste still pretty it. immature in my drink making, and anytime it shows like a fruit cocktail, like a like a pomegranate um, liqueur or or some sort of 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 berry based liqueur i get excited because um unless it's cherry cherry <laughs> cherry i turn away but anything else i get excited and and so i'll usually go a little heavy on it and it's always a mistake oh it's like, yeah, yeah nope i just turned it into <laughs> syrup so <laughs> yeah well i remember i remember uh, uh i think it was the new mutants that we did i had uh it was that raspberry and lime uh, vodka with uh, I can't remember if it was pineapple juice or something. It was a little shot glass with the little gummy bear in it. Those things were so tasty that every time I can find a way to put these lime and this uh, raspberry, I think it's Bacardi uh, vodkas together. I'm like, oh, that's gonna be good. That's gonna be good because <laughs> it does. It has a really good flavor. But it's it's definitely that peach schnapps that puts it over over into the the medicine-y kind of feel to it. Not necessarily taste, but more of like it just has that extra little kick that uh, Nyquil gives you when you when you have to shoot that or or some cough syrup. But not horrible. Um. I would probably make it again. I probably would change the peach schnapps into something else, and this would be delicious. You know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe a peach vodka or something like that. Yeah. Did you say it had any carbonated? Uh, anything carbonated? No. In it? Yeah. No. That no, but that could kind of air it out a little bit. That would actually that would probably be really good. Take this same kind of mix and then throw it in like a big a big glass. And then, like maybe ha you know, double the size, you know, like a five ounce of a of a club soda or something like right. that, would probably make this like a super super delicious summer drink. Yeah, it'd be right in that kind of like real refreshing type thing. Yeah, I have to remember that for for summertime. Right, because cool. we're watching Fight Club, we want something refreshing at our side. You know, <laughs> exactly, because it's yeah, we got to get something that's gonna get us not so dingy and and dirty. Uh, one of the things I, I I really wanted to find a beer because this really <laughs> struck me as kind of a beer type movie. Like this is, it you know, there's several times where they're drinking beers and stuff like that, and just it just everything happens in a bar, and it just was one of those, or not everything, well, but a lot of it. And also, you know, it we've just been, seemed like we've a been beer doing movie. a lot of brewing too, and you know, watching how they make the soap. It reminded, I mean, it's not the same thing, but it reminded me of, of some of the brewing we've been doing because it's just kind of, right. you know, you're putting things in vats and you're scraping this off and you're t putting it there and mixing <laughs> things together. So I could see a beer working great, especially one of your own that you uh, concocted. And that's, yourself. I almost, I almost <laughs> thought about that. I still have, I still have a little bit of a, uh, uh, I think I got a couple gallons in that keg out there. I thought yeah. about doing that, just having my own beer. I do have a beer chaser just in case uh, for later, but uh, I'm not going to pair that. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, let's get into this this show. Um, this is this is this, one of the. I'm going to go back to drinks real quick. One of the other drinks I almost did was called uh, a mind fuck. 
because <laughs> Yeah. Essentially, this <laughs> this is kind of what it is. It, it's the same. Yeah. It's a, the drink is this, essentially the same as a mind eraser, but it's called a mind fuck. And and really, when you get through the whole thing, that's really what it is. Is it, it it's got that twist, so it plays with your mind. But the twist is is essentially a mind thing. You know, it's it's not not necessarily schizophrenia or kind of almost like a dual personality or multiple personality kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. You know, one of the ingredients of my drink was half and half. And I kind of, I thought about that. When I was looking at the ingredients. <laughs> like, that's kind of like the movie, you know, he's kind of half Tyler, half the narrator. And, uh, and you, you know, you have that sixth sense moment in the movie, which makes it kind of enjoyable to watch when you kind of suddenly realize, uh, you know, what, what has really been going on in his mind the whole time. And, um, Oh, right. Um, or what's not going on. So let me ask you, we're, we're going to jump right into this. So if you have not seen this, I don't know why you're listening to us because that just seems silly. But uh, we're yes, going to get Tyler into full is spoilers the narrator, here. And the narrator is Tyler. You know, this. Okay. Spe so, oh, speaking of the narrator, this I, when I watched this last week, it was the first time I actually realized that he's never named in the movie. I, I guess I thought his name was Jack because he keeps saying things like, I, I am Jack yes. so-and-so or I am Jack's this. But yeah. I guess he's just the narrator. <laughs> Okay, and so that that's one of and a lot of people talk call him the narrator. Really, he is Tyler. Okay. He 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 is this this is one of the, I mean, if you if you think about it, he is Tyler is the the Tyler Durden, the the um uh oh jeez, I can't even think of it. Uh so Tyler Durden is both Brad Pitt and Ed Norton. And oh. and and I think uh but what we're getting is is Ed Norton's character or the narrator character is the story we're getting. So he is, but well, he is technically Tyler Durden. I think okay. that's his but, but real this, name. This you could look at it as, you know, we are ego, we are id. You know, if we want to get philosophical, that's kind of it's splitting the mm -hmm. personality into two. It's uh, looking at you know the the whole the whole first uh, third is all about consumerism and how we get kind of trapped in this world of consumerism. Yeah. And so this becomes his reaction to that or his reaction to the fact right. that he can't sleep all these things that are feeding into the emergence of this, of this character that, uh, that kind of takes over his, his, his own narrative. <laughs> but this is what I mean is if you looked at his actual birth certificate or driver's license, you're going to see Ed Norton's picture and it's going to be Tyler Durden is the name. Okay. Because I, I, if you think about it, like he has the plane tickets that he looks at uh, when he when he finally is on the trail of kind of figuring things out. The well, the name on the the name on that, the plane. Yes, but keep in mind this was this was pre nine uh, eleven, so security wasn't quite as tight. It's possible that he could have just called in that as his name, or he could just be a, he could be also imagining the plane tickets too. Well, but I, I think, but you remember he got them from his work. They would have put the name, like okay. it was kind of like a, I'm, I'm just saying, well, not only that, but uh, we've, we've got the one or there's two female characters in this, in this whole thing, um, essentially. But um, the main, um, God, why can't I think of her name offhand? Marla. Uh, Marla, yeah. uh, played by Helena Bonham Carter or our, you know, one of our favorite from uh, Harry Potter. You know, uh, you know which... speaking of Helena, when Cindy saw Helena <clears throat> Bonham Carter, because my wife actually watched this movie. She hadn't seen it. She watched it with me this week, which was kind crazy. Of interesting to watch it from uh, her point of view, from, from <laughs> my wife's point of view, because this is very, this is very much a movie for men. I think I, 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 at first I crashed that off and I said, 
it's a movie made for masculinity, but I really think it's something that's more catered towards men. And, and maybe we'll get into more of that, why I think that sure. later. But, uh, but she looked at Helena Bottom, Bottom Carter and said, you know, she looks like she belongs in Beetlejuice. And I thought, well, you know, she was married <laughs> to Tim, Tim Burton. And so I, oh, I tried to hilarious. think about maybe she was, but actually she didn't even meet uh, Tim Burton until uh, after Fight Club. So, uh, uh, yeah. so anyway, that I thought was an interesting coincidence that, uh, That's hilarious. that she said that just without even knowing that they were a thing. Right. Well, so back to to uh, the narrator actually Sorry, being Tyler Durden. Track. Yep, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, we do that a lot. Get ready for it. It's going to be a long ride. Um, <laughs> so those that have seen Loki, you know, all those tangents that they have on the, the variant list. Yeah, we're going to have that that list. That's that's just how we do. Um, she calls him Ty- she when when she uh, uh, when he asked her, like, had we had sex and stuff like that? And who and she calls him Tyler also. Yeah, he even says Tyler is gone, and she's like totally yeah. offended by it, and that's uh, well. Then after that, later though, yeah. uh, she calls him Tyler, and so I was, I was like, okay, so he really is Tyler, and and this is where my opinion or my my thought process differed from a, from some a lot of the people, is that part of what I believe happened is that he created the other Tyler, the Tyler he wanted to be. Uh, essentially, right? Right. The 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 nice body, the good looking guy, the guy that can do whatever he wants, gets whatever he wants. You know, he yeah. Just, well, you know, Brad Pitt even he he's perfectly cast because he is the oh, you know God, epitome, yeah. of the, epitome of that uh, godlike uh, specimen. But he even says, "I fuck you know I I, I am I am what you want to be." He he calls that out in the, yes. in, the in the script exactly, and that's and that's what it is. So he creates the Tyler he wants to be. So he doesn't see himself as Tyler, and that's why it doesn't really come up through it. And it's one of those things is I didn't hear a lot of people talk about it, so I was kind of curious as if 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 everybody else picked that up. How or, does that you know, how does that just, change the uh, what I mean what what are you seeing as as a difference I mean oh it's just it's just, just one of the things that people you know they call him the narrator because they can't have two people named Tyler Dern in the, okay. in the screenplay I just it's one of those things is that literally is it, it's not like he was named something else Jack or whatever right. and he created Tyler as, as an alter ego Tyler is who he is he kind of is the alter ego. It's almost it's almost like he's looking at himself he's looking at himself from the outside or how he wants to be from the outside mm-hmm. essentially as watching Tyler and that's that's just kind of it's that's just how I picked it up and and I was it, it just one of those things is I don't think a lot of other people picked that up but it's also there's so much else to think about that that's not even a big part of the movie yeah. <laughs> essentially so it's kind of weird to go on that but I I want to a... since since we're talking Good. about the 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 you know, we're kind of at the beginning. I want to bring up some. Uh, I saw an interview with Chuck uh, uh, Polinick, the uh, the author who wrote the book okay. only a few years earlier. It was 1996 that he wrote the book. Yes. And, um, and in fact, he's even done some. Uh, he did he did a couple sequels, but they were in graphic novel format and not quite as well received as the book. But, <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, he talked about you know where the ideas of of the movie came from and he said he said when he was in uh, right, find my find my notes is this this um, how he got the idea from it well yeah he, he got, was got, yeah after kind of fight. <laughs> after college i guess he was a little kind of fed up with with uh things and so he he was looking for something to to be a part of and he actually ended up joining a church and uh as kind of a 
a, a way of experiencing life, but they had a giving tree there. And it was, and, and this actually, when he, when he was talking about this, all I thought in my mind was, was Project Mayhem, because Project Mayhem, in a, you know, with a giving tree, you have little things on the tree that you pick off and it says, mm -hmm. you know, do this, you know, go, uh, go help someone or, you know, do something like that, which is kind of what Pod Project Mayhem was. They, people would get these little tasks. It made me think of that kind of, kind of crazy. Oh, that's but, crazy. But um, he, one of the, th the tasks was take a hospice patient on a date. That was one of his tasks. And oh. so he would, he would do that. And he said, usually that amounted to, uh, they would just want to be taken to their uh, self-help group, you know, uh, given a given a ride to their self-help group. And so that's what he would do. He would give hospice patients a ride to their self-help group and he and they typically need a ride back. So he'd have to wait around. He'd have to wait around. And, he, and this is where he started experiencing um, okay. that kind of awkward uh, feeling of, you know, I'm at this help self-help group and people are looking at me like I belong. I don't want to tell them, no, I'm just... I'm just the driver. I'm just, uh, you know, so he started actually, uh, you know, feeding into kind of doing the same sort of thing where he would, uh, he would, oh, uh, that's crazy. he would join these self-help meetings and just kind of, he realized it actually helped him a little bit. It made him feel oh, for sure. a little better. Um, you know, and if you and, buy in, if you, if you buy in and, 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 and put the effort into those things, they will help you. You know, they're, they, that's, that's their goal. And they do, but you have to you have to put the effort in. You have to buy in. So I, I could see that. I mean, and I, I I thought that was a brilliant part of the the movie, which was must must have been part of the book. Did you did you read the book? I so uh, this week I uh, downloaded a sample of it just so I could get a sense of the author's, uh, you know, how he wrote. Just when I saw him writing, when I saw him talking, I was so fascinated by what he was talking about. I watched some videos on differences between the book and the movie, which okay. I thought were really interesting, and I'll bring some of those. Well, up. he said he thought but, the movie was better than the book. He said he thought it did a better job than the book. So, I, I mean, that's that's a good praise from the author of the book to say that the movie was better. David Fincher is is a damn good director. He's uh, he's done some some great, you know, he, he's done. He did Seven. He did uh, yeah. Gone Girl. He's he uh, Aliens Three. Uh, yeah. Girl with Dragon Tattoo. He's yeah. Aliens Three. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Social Network. He's really uh, he's really. Um, I, who's the director that did Full Metal Jacket? Stanley Kubrick. You know, Stanley Kubrick is oh, yeah, yeah. notorious for doing take after take after take, you know, hundreds of takes. Um, hundreds, no, over a hundred takes. I think he's notorious for, for just going crazy because he wants to get it so right. And David Fincher kind of does the same thing. He's, he's very particular about it, but he makes some really interesting and thoughtful movies and you know so he's certainly taken this this book and given it his own signature that they there's that line in the in the movie that's different in the book it's when they're in bed the narrator <laughs> or no when, when uh is it tyler it was, I, I, tyler's in bed with uh with marla we'll just call yeah we'll just call him tyler i don't know if it was the Ed Norton. oh yeah no no that's but, the best way to call is and, tyler and, and the narrator and, and when she you know rolls over she says um uh, well, in the book, the line was, um, I want to have your abortion. I want to have your abortion. Right. Oh, you read about this. Yeah. And, and, uh, I guess the production studio said, hell no, come up with something else. And it was David Fincher <laughs> that came up with the line. What, what, you know, I haven't, I haven't Which, been fucked like that. Does that make it any school. better? <laughs> I, 
I mean, well, really, what... the production studio came back and said, "Can we go back to the original line?" <laughs> but I yeah, it was too late. <laughs> it's, that's that's uh, you know, half a dozen, you know, uh, six or half a dozen, whatever that's six or one, is. half a dozen. No, that, that's yeah. it. I was like, I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> but yeah, no, I I actually I cringed a little bit. Was like, oh, oh, <laughs> ooh. exactly. I mean, just, well, one of the th- one of the things that the book did a little bit more so was represent. Tyler, the alter ego, as more violent than in the movie. He's a little bit more, um, you know, we don't kill people. We're just, you know, the the buildings are empty or, you know. Yeah. Whereas in the in the book, he was much more. I mean, I think he shot his boss. I get I get the sense that he was much more about violence. And and so they tone that back. and And I wonder if it's because, you know, when I. This is a this is kind of a, a a delicate topic because here you're you're displaying this toxic masculinity and kind of the what what comes of it in this, and and they're in your casting Brad Pitt and everyone's gonna be like oh my God he's awesome he he I, he emotes you know I want to do what he does and so they oh, gotta they, be a, yeah a lot of people want to be lot, him because a lot of people want to be him which isn't superficially yeah because of his looks yes and well i in the movie they really there's kind of i think some people think that he's the hero of the movie that that and and it's easy to <laughs> to to see this movie and go off and do your own project mayhem because you connect with this and so and i think that's why they were probably a little bit more delicate with what he did if if they made him a more violent character they probably could oh for put sure themselves yeah, in no. a little bit more uh, danger of of creating these sort of uh, I, other I see Tyler, that that, violent tylers <laughs> and that's actually that's one of the things a lot of people talked about of where you know this is 22 years old that it doesn't hold up as well because of the way the climate is now that, you know, uh, a lot of people, and this is, this is where I had issues of, of some of the stuff that they said was, you know, the, they talk about that they built a, a terrorist incel, which is true, a hundred percent true. But a lot of it was like, uh, what do, you, the, what, what do you mean? It doesn't hold up as well now. I mean, it seems because they think, well, I mean, cause I don't think it, the movie a, is trying to prop this up. Like this is, this oh, is, but I, this that's actually answer. that's what a lot of people feel like. Is yes, that, that, I do agree that. Yeah, I think that's, that's what that's what I mean, where it doesn't hold up as well, because because we see a lot of this shit now that they're like, oh, they're glorifying it some. Mm-hmm. And that's where the problem is. And this is where I had a problem was this in in. I don't know if it's just because of the people, a lot of the people that I listened to were were left leaning that a lot of them really were like, oh, this is right wing, you know, crap and right wing this. And and I was like. Actually, it's any incel. I mean, this is this is Antifa to a hundred percent too. This that we break the rules. There are no rules for us. We just do what we want. And I was just like, so you can't really put this on any one political side. And that's where I saw a lot of people doing that. And I was kind of like, uh, I, you know, I, I agree. And I, and I I gotta throw something in in because there was a quote that uh, Chuck uh, Polinick said, and it really represented how completely apolitical he is because he was talking about his observations of the right and the left and how he sees them all kind of playing these pawn roles and 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 so it's interesting that uh you know people do certainly put their political you know swing on this and spin on stuff yeah they 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 say it's right or it's left or or this or that and and really he's just both i think he's just a really observant person that looks at at society and sees how people can yeah can, can easily 
you know, turn to the dark side or, or be swayed by, you know, one of the things that's so interesting about, about the, 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 you see how swayed he, he's so anti-establishment or anti, um, yeah. Um, capitalism capitalism a big problem with capitalism yeah this 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 idea of you know we are consumers and anti-consumerism we are pawns and what happens with uh, project mayhem they create these pawns they're just <laughs> they're the exact same thing as what they're they against. franchise so, yeah they franchise club. exactly they actually use that word he's gone and they become the franchise. demon they're fighting they and, become and, the demon they're fighting yeah, and those are really interesting words to look at and say oh my god what is this movie really talking about it's not talking it's not putting these people up on pedestals and saying they're heroes no. there are martyrs like like in yeah. the book that's what tyler wants to become is some martyr um <laughs> they're they're it's it's really more of a self-reflection and and think it, about it I, you're, you know it's a mind fuck like you said yeah no that's what i mean and that's where i think a lot of people go they get superficial and they put this you know and another one that and i heard and, and it kind of irritated me and not not because of what they said but just because they're not opening their minds they were like oh yeah this is a bro movie this is like you know oh a bunch of bunch of bros are gonna see this and think that oh that's the coolest thing to do and it's like <laughs> like first off you're 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 uh singling out a people you're being uh prejudiced or racist i don't want it's not really racist because bro but you're you're singling out a a a person or a personality and saying oh they're going to be like this just because they're into masculinity you know there's a lot of people that are are very you know into athletics and things like that that aren't this bro you know type app you know character and it just it it irritates me when people you know they fight so much that oh you can't box people in you can't say that they're they're this way just because of that and yet they do the exact same thing and it's like ah so uh to me it was like yes you're, you're gonna get some idiots that watch this and 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 take the wrong message from it right which that oh yeah project mayhem was good that's what we need to do and it's like no that that they're trying to show that that's not really what it was supposed to be and, and it's like you know well i mean that's that. that's the uh, that's the challenge of a movie you know David Fincher probably wanted to rock and roll with this movie. He wanted to create something that was, that was, you know, like kind of like a pulp fiction of its own, you know, it's, 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 it's exciting. And, you know, he realized that he was kind of walking that edge of, of, you know, you're going to, you're going to influence right. some people maybe in a direction that, uh, you know, is a little irresponsible, but, um, but I think there's still, the ideas are all still there. <laughs> you just have to you have to pay attention, and people don't always pay attention when they're watching movies. They just soak up the violence and they soak up the masculinity. They soak up the the Brad Pitt and uh, and and fall in love. That you know, soaking up the Brad Pitt. That's something the book was a little bit more homoerotic too, with the relationship <laughs> between uh, you know he. Uh, the narrator actually met Tyler on a nude beach, and there was a lot more uh, talk about how how yeah they're kind of the relationship was a little bit uh, uh, closer to something sexual, you know? <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. You know, I heard about that too. And, and um, that's what was interesting to me when people were talking about, Oh my God, this is, this is toxic masculinity. I can't even say the words right. But you know, like there's this, and it's like, uh, you know, it's all about that and it's glorizing that. And I'm like, it was written like uh, the director or not the director, but the writer uh, Chuck, um, I can't say his last name. Polinick. You're probably better at it than I am. Polinick, yeah. Polinick. I actually listened to it a He's few actually, times because you can't, yeah, phonetically, if you look at the how it's written, it's <laughs> like, oh, uh, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's actually gay and, and was out from the 1990s. So oh, I didn't know when that. So when he did the, the, wrote the book, he was actually out. 
Yeah. Okay. So it's like, I'm like, I don't think he's out there trying to like, oh, hey, look, this is all about, you know, bros being bros. Like a lot of oh, people, you know, or, well, or this toxic masculinity. I think it's fair to use those words when talking about this movie. It uses those as as some of the things that people suffer from this, you know, this need to to hurt, this need to create violence and, what? and, and this need to kind of. Uh, separate See, yourself now, from, I have a different order. take on the fighting. Okay. I had a I had a different take on the fighting, um, and this is where I, I differed from a lot of people. Is everybody looked at that as like, oh, they're just trying to be hunter gatherer or hunters again, and this toxic masculinity? And I'm like, like actually, no. If if you've ever really looked at like what what are most people's biggest fears like they're, they're a lot of their fears most people are are literally afraid to get in a fight like most people haven't ever been in a real fight sure and it's a big fear to me this was kind of tackling a fear like i know i mean both of us have you, you might not have been in a in a real fight but i mean we've we've sparred which you know it, you've got to step up and and put those fears aside and, and get, get in there and do that like you know you say you you, you know you have this plan until you get punched in the face and then everything goes out the window. So it's kind of right. one of those, to me, it was more about tackling fears in a way. Like, uh, and that's how I saw it. And maybe it's because I don't see fighting as just this toxic masculinity thing. I mean, if that's the case, then why do we have women in MMA? How is that possible? If fighting is all about just toxic masculinity, are you going to say that all these women are now just toxic men? So fighting isn't necessarily just about toxic masculinity. And that's where I had a problem with it or the opinions of certain people about that, that that's what it's about. To me, it was part about just this tackling fears. Like, you know, you get in there and, and you, and you face that fear and you live. Right. And then you realize that, Oh crap, you know, shit could have went wrong. And that's usually what people are afraid of is like, fuck, I don't know what's going to happen to this. I don't know if I'm going to get really hurt. I'm going to die. What I'm going to do. And then you get on the other side. It's kind of like a roller coaster. There's I... that fear factor before the roller coaster goes. I agree with what you're saying. At the same time, I think in in the movie, they took it too far to a point where it became, I, I think it's fair to talk about the movie and use terms like toxic masculinity because of of the extent of which they took it, the way they, they fed off of it. And the, and so, so I, I do, I do agree with, with what you're saying. I just, I just think it's, I do think it's fair to, to discuss that you know this movie under with those those words um so i mean uh, what do you mean by they fed off of it as far as like i mean they i don't think they went too deep like they used it as like a meeting point and like uh an, an entry point to the the start of kind of you know mayhem became something completely so well, separate I'm, from it, it it's I where think, it started and I, that's what it led to but so i don't necessarily think that 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 uh the fight club was all of that i know? i think uh our our hero or the narrator actually uh when he destroyed uh angel face jared leto's character and you know i want and what was the line you know i wanted to destroy something that was beautiful or i wanted to destroy something beautiful yeah um well that was jealousy that was well, jealousy 100 well, percent. so okay. that's a little bit different too well, I, but I'm just saying that I think it, it it's exploring that. I, that's why I think that this movie is is more than just a, a healthy uh, desire to face our fears. I think it I think it goes further mm -hmm. than that. Um, so exploring it that way, I I, I don't get I, I I'm not upset by people that are using those words talking about it. That's oh, I'm not saying it's no. not it's not 
it's not something that you can't say at all. I'm just saying it's not the one and only, and that's that's what a lot of people were were stating, and that's where right. I had issues. Is as I think I think it's deeper than that. I think there there's there's more to it than just masculinity and toxic masculinity. I mean it's it's you know you talk about the 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 difference between um, the narrator and and Tyler throughout the show. Like it starts off, you know, the narrator looks healthier and, and kind of normal, and and as it goes through, he looks more emaciated as as we get towards the end. And Tyler starts off a little bit closer to that normal look, and then as they go, he gets he gets kind of more more masculine and more ripped and more you know sexy to say a word like you know there, there's that scene i think they're on a bus and you know they're talking about the 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 male model underwear model uh advertisement that's above them it's like is that what is that what a male is supposed to is you know is that or what we're supposed to look like and if i'm not mistaken someone said this and i and i i, I wanted to look it up i didn't get a chance or go back and watch it but someone said that was brad pitt actually in the in the underwear model app. Huh. okay and but which at the time he was doing, he he was actually in underwater modeling at the at the time that this movie was made. So it was kind of like also like a little fun joke back at that. And then you know you go later on and like he's just he's just looking more and more cut. He's looking you know most <laughs> most of the women I listen to in podcast. First time I saw this, they were all about Brad Pitt. <laughs> I, I've heard. I mean. You can't just say men are, are sexist and, and say the nastiest shit and are, are, you know, all about, oh, look how pretty she is. And no, because these women were fucking all about that. And some of them were very graphic about it. I was like, okay, you do you. I'm not, I'm not going to complain, but don't just say men are the only ones that are pigs because, you know, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you can't just look at someone's body and make a, a judgment call, apparently. Yeah. But that's what they were doing. So, um, but, but that's, I mean, but. It it was the it was the transformation of him kind of transferring into the bo- the what he wanted to be, although he never Bo- had the body appear. Body is is very important motif throughout this whole movie. I mean, let's look at uh, Meatloaf's character. You know, uh, uh, Bob <laughs> with his with his bitch tits Bob. and uh, that sort of you know he was a was wasn't he you know he he juiced up he was you know, the he, best- he did. He, he was did a bodybuilder. Steroids, did bodybuilders, and then and then he had a, a reaction to the testosterone, you know, or or, or whatever, you know. That's what lost. That's what took his testicles. His bitch, bitch ticks. Yeah, and then in the end, of course, they're talking about taking other people's testicles. You know, it kind of. I, I had that written down. Yeah, it, it. So it kind of it becomes again. <laughs> it becomes you know we're reacting to this, and therefore we're going to do the exact same thing. It, so it doesn't it doesn't quite add up when it if you're if you're trying to go anti-establishment or ant, against against consumerism when you're using the exact same methods but well there's a lot of ties the the start of it being the the testicular cancer and how how much that hurt those guys and stuff like that and then later on how are they going to hurt the the uh, police chief is they're going to take his balls yeah yeah so it's again it's about this idea of feeling emasculated in our society because uh we don't have those opportunities to express ourselves uh you know the hunter-gatherer parts of ourselves and stuff it's it and you know, I, I do think there is a male perspective that this movie is very oh for sure, uh, very much drawn. You know, we again we only have one. You said two character, two female characters. What what there's um the, there's the well, one there's... that talks about you know her wanting to get some lubricant and uh, yeah, fuck, all the, <laughs> fuck anyone who who's there to to have sex right. with her. Uh, is that uh, that was one? Chloe. Chloe. Okay, that's Chloe, and then uh, uh, Marla Singer. Right. 
was who was, was, who was the, the main was chloe the chloe, secondary one that you were talking yeah about? okay yeah okay. chloe was the <laughs> other uh there's there's i love there's how she gets two. cut off i think it's just so uh yeah so, well the, the, the lady's so like cool. uh <laughs> we don't we don't need to hear that um <laughs> hopefully someone will take you up on that but uh we don't want to we didn't want to hear that it was funny when you were talking about um the the direct or not the director the book writer the uh the author of the book Chuck, and how uh, he Paul how he was how he was doing his not you, you didn't say make a wish it was um what was what was it that he did that ended giving up taking tree. him the giving Give, tree? no where he would take the the patients to the to the, the hospice, meetings and stuff. the hospice. hospice yeah <laughs> when you first said that i was like oh shit did that did that line come from there like did he did he throw one a bone did 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 one of them like i just want to get fucked one more time <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> i was like oh damn uh i was like hey you know it i you gotta feel for it I, i'd be like yeah you know do yeah. what you gotta do I, I i felt for her on that one it's really so. fascinating listening to chuck polinick talking about uh secondary father figures you know he in, i think it, it's in joe rogan if you listen to the interview he talks about um how you know we have we are as as men when he talks about men and and the fact that you know there are very few movies made for men very few thoughtful movies that are made for men there are plenty for women you know they he talks about the travel traveling sisters you know oh, yeah. or whatever, you know and and all these different things but he says with uh with with men you get fight club and uh, dead poet society and that's about it for thoughtful <laughs> thoughtful movies for men um which I, I, in fact, I don't think they use the word thoughtful because I think there's plenty of movies for men. But uh, but I right, think, but... I think I think it's fair to say that he was talking about things that make men, you know, that strike a deeper a deeper chord. Yeah. But, well, because yeah, this does this does deal with more than the masculine masculine, uh, you know, side of it. it it's, right. Yeah, you were talking about the father. The issues. father figure. He talks about father figures and how we're you know we're raised with. We have one father figure. A generation weighed by men or women raised by women. Yeah, one well, that in this it sounds like that's what uh, these these characters are a little bit more uh, the the missing father and that that but he talked about uh, Chuck uh, Polinick talked about this this idea of a secondary father figure that you know you you grow up and eventually you 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 dismiss the father because he's either there to nurture you or yeah. you know to feed you uh, one one side of the masculine feminine and then you go and seek out the other side somewhere but our society is becoming more and more devoid of these secondary father figures because uh you know we've become more socially you know social networks um have taken over and and we just don't have access to those those figures but it was fascinating and and this was kind of a uh, to me it looked like fight club was a way of kind of exploring this idea of creating your own secondary father figure within yourself oh yeah, um, yeah. I can and see that. um so i don't know that was that was interesting to think about you know, it, it's funny. Whenever I see stuff like that, it, it really it, it hits a I don't want to call it a trigger, but it definitely gets me thinking because um, I was kind of on the flip side of that. Like I, I grew up with just my father for the sure. most part. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, you know, there's a lot to there's a lot of people that talk about, you know, the the father not being part of the, the family unit and stuff like that. It's just as dramatic and just as hurtful and just as damaging not having a mother figure too. really. I mean. Do you, do you think it's fair to say, you know, we use the word father figure, but I think it's fair to say, uh, uh, you know, we have a masculine 
were raised by a masculine side and a feminine side, whether, you know, there's different, different varying degrees of each. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It doesn't have to be a father or a mother. Like yeah. it, it, it's definitely, but I mean, but if something's I, missing, we seek that out elsewhere, you know? Um, you know, it's, well, that's what I was going to say is, is, uh, you know, when you're, when you're a single mother or, you know, you have a single parent that's that's your mom and, and filling that thing, it's a lot, it's a lot more, normal and a lot more uh kind of interesting or, or easy to find that secondary father figure you know there's whether it's a sports and you get a coach or you know there's things like that i found when i look back in my own life when i think about it like you know i didn't really go out looking for that secondary mother i i mean my mother was around she just didn't live with me but i didn't go looking and and so i didn't get that part of it so it's kind of interesting it's like where it's so much there's so much attention put on the like oh the father figure you know the father's not there and stuff like that but it you know it's that other side too that's really needed and it's kind of interesting you know yeah. and, and maybe it's it's very individual to me because i live through that which isn't which isn't the norm i mean if you looked at single parents with raising children probably the majority of them are women where the minority would be the men and so you know it, it doesn't come up as much mm-hmm so to me, I understand that. And it's, it's kind of interesting for me to, and maybe that's why my, my visions of things and my thoughts on things are, are different from others that grew up in that other way. So, uh, but yeah, the, I think that anytime you don't have, we, we need both of those. Yeah. We need both sides. We need the feminine and we need the male and it doesn't have to be, I don't want to call it, uh, uh, the, the mom and the father figure as far as like one has to be male, one has to be female. It's just, you have to have that, that, the the rough and tumble side that teaches you how to th- you know throw a ball you know drive a nail you know work on a car whatever it is that that side of it that 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 pick yourself up by your bootstraps but you also need that other side that's gonna you know you're gonna skin your knee and someone's gonna hug you and give you that get caring and let you cry and, and teach you how to release your emotions and so when you don't have both you you become unbalanced mm-hmm. so yes it, it very much is that and this is and they do deal with that side of it with the unbalance of the the father figure although it sounds like he had a father like tyler which he, uh because yeah. uh, he says he, he, he i mean well they're i mean it's the same character they right, say right, oh that's right. the he same says something with me. like yeah his father something. they went off to college though and it's like so i gave him a call and he said oh well now get a job so it sounds like it, it doesn't necessarily they don't deal with whether he grew up without a father or not yeah. i don't remember that part i, I could be wrong um it's happened once before, so uh, <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. Um, true. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, you I know got, what? I got we, all these. We haven't talked much about the movie at all, as far as the style and, <laughs> and kind of the the. You know, it's funny. I, I part of me was worried that we were going to go scene by scene and talk about the. Oh you know, no, that's there's the, so much. Yeah, this this movie. It's it's when you, if you just talk about it from a from a cinematic point of view. People have seen it. They're, they, they, it, you know, it's really, it's hard to, it, it, it doesn't seem fair to discuss it at such a such a kind of straightforward level. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Well, I mean, and it doesn't do it justice if you just talk about the filming, which was incredible. I mean, this this had some interesting, very interesting things that they did, and, and very incredible cinematography and and scene layouts, and and some really interesting choices that they did and, and the way they played stuff out you know we talk about uh tyler and and the narrator were were the same person 
but yet, you know, they had to play that out. And if you notice, um, there's a lot of times Marla is one of the few figures that kind of talks to both of them essentially throughout the, the, the show, but they're never in the scene. She's never in the same room with both of them. Right. If, if you notice that. And, and, and so there's, that's when you know the twist, like the first time you watch this, you, you get all the way to the end and hopefully your mind is blown because you weren't boiled on it and you're like, holy crap. And then you go back and watch it and like, fuck, he gave me so <laughs> many clues. He does. Yeah, you know, it's funny. When I, I was watching it with, with, with Cindy and uh, she is usually notorious for just picking out, you know, <laughs> oh, so-and-so, so-and-so. She'll like call something. And and so when the movie end of this movie came about and she's like, oh, I didn't see that coming. I was like, oh, oh really? Wow, was one nice. this movie actually pulled a fast one. And, and we started talking about some of the other things like, yeah, I should have thought about it more. She said she was a little bit more distracted by the violence because it is ultra violent at times. And that's kinda, so Alyssa sat made, down to start. It, yeah, it, she turned away a little bit. It's like, ah, so she so she blamed that for. Well, <laughs> maybe that's in my mind. She blamed that. I, I think uh, I think the movie did a, did a good job giving you some good clues. But it but it it's you, you don't want the movie all to be about the mind fuck at the end. You know, Sixth Sense. It's great to go back and watch that movie and see what the movie is all about. This one, I think, even goes deeper than something like Sixth Sense because it has oh, ideas. Yeah. It has philosophy behind it that's more than just a a mindfuck moment or there's a word for it. <laughs> you know, I, I want to find the word because I hadn't heard it before, but it's... Uh, well, it holds up in multiple watchings because that there's so much... Like, you, even on the second or third watching, you don't pick up on all of it. Um, I know uh, I was watching it this last time and uh, I hadn't seen it in a while. But I remembered little things like uh, the little. Um, it's it's one of the first times we see Tyler is actually like a, almost like a hallucination, kind of like the the clip like he's added to the the film next to the doctor when the doctor's talking to him. There's like this kind of almost like an overlapped image. Like it's they a would subliminal do. moment. Yeah, it's a subliminal. Yeah. it's just one little frame of of film. Yeah. Yeah. And they do that a couple times and he's like supposedly in one of the meetings uh, when when Marla first is introduced there's another section where where uh, Tyler shows up and it's a supposed great to be cinematic representation of you know this encroaching psychosis. encroaching the psychosis yeah and and in the end you realize we're all being manipulated when it shows the you know the big you know <laughs> the dong big penis at the end. yeah at the end just flashes well, they, on there it's like they oh, do well. that also <laughs> they, which is really well they play it as part of the story where they talk about him being um the uh working at the the movie theater and, and he's the one that clips it in and he puts the the pornographic things in in the kids movies and and they show it and and then they show the kids like i'm like <laughs> I knew it was coming. I could barely see it. Those kids would not have been able to. I know, I mean, but it's that was so funny frame. just seeing the girl just kind of burst into tears. And, yeah. and the parents aren't really sure if, if what they saw was real or what's this moment really all it's about. Like, it's yeah. really funny. <laughs> One frame is not going to is not going to traumatize. Like they would probably like what, what the well, I don't, <laughs> I know. I don't even I know. They're not even at, at an age where they would understand what that's about unless they have something in their past that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh that's my God. even. Oh I know. God. Now. Now suddenly we're 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 in. When you yeah. say that, you're like, oh, wait. Oh, no, that's that's really bad. Yeah, She's traumatized because she knows what that was. Oh, no. <laughs> That's even yeah, worse. Okay, oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> um, but I thought that was I thought that was hilarious when they did that. Um, I really I I really thought one of the best parts was um, Marla's character and how she dealt with it and how what was the really key. And I think I I may have knew something was up the first time I saw it, 
when he was acting like the asshole to her at the in the house which that was that was the part when Alyssa left is when they ended up in that house she's like I can't take this shit no more like no one's gonna live in a house like that she's like that just I can't do that <laughs> the dap- dilapidated house is what drove her out she's like I could take the fist fights I can take the craziness no I'm not no one's living in that house like well it, it's interesting because that is uh, you know that house is a complete antithesis of what his house was before he you know, he blew oh, it complete up. complete opposite, you know, which, yeah. Yeah, and so that that became kind of a, it was it was, it was was important to see the differences between the before <laughs> and after. And that was what he, you know, he seeked out uh, when when the other became too much for him to handle, you know. So, uh, you know, it's funny. True, true. I was telling you before we started podcasting how I've been rearranging my, <laughs> my office here. And now you drink's not, you know, drink's in hand. <laughs> Well, well, it, no, but it's it's just I was trying to make some very thoughtful decisions. Or I might need to buy this, or I might need to buy that. And then I'm watching this movie at the same time, and and realizing, oh my god, I'm a creature of consumerism myself, you know. But uh, uh, and, oh, I, I'm right there try, with you. And try to kind of separate. It's like, no, I'm above it. I'm you know, I'm an, I'm a 50 year old. You know, I'm in my 50s. I can I can be more mature about this. But it's like, no, I'm well, kind what, of both. What was the line that he said? Buying shit we don't need to impress people we don't like um it, there's there's one more in that there doesn't Street sound Desert. that doesn't sound exactly right but i know i mean i think people no that's what I, I'm, I'm like trying to is like i don't know i don't have the i don't have this but i mean essentially me. that's what it is is we're buying stuff we don't need to impress people we don't like let me check and, my phone because you were sending some stuff to Bo earlier that uh, <laughs> actually had those lines uh you know what was it uh, jack's complete lack of surprise <laughs> that was a funny one yeah um the things you own end up owning you is that it yeah okay. yeah well but it's it's the it was specifically the line we buy stuff we don't need to impress people we don't like right and that one resonated with me on a level that i was like oh I, i've done that i did that a lot as a as a teen and, and young young sure oh my gosh um not so much anymore well, now it's more like and, i buy and- stuff more like because I, I got money and I'm like, I really like that and I want more of those. I was very much into kind of this idea of the anti-trend. I would see trendy things and I would go out <laughs> of my way to do to the not buy. opposite. And and, yeah. and I would I would think that would kind of, I, I think at the time it was like, oh, that made me feel a little bit more empowered. Like I was making <laughs> my own personal statement, but really it was just a, a reaction to, you know, it was, it was uh, you know, a, a, a perfectly opposite reaction to what I saw, which really made it completely unoriginal because, you know, yeah. you see something, you do the opposite. No, that's not, that's not original. See me, it's that's more not, like... It's not finding yourself, I, that's finding the opposite <laughs> of something else. <laughs> Mine is more, I grew up uh, not being able to get anything I wanted at all times. I had to really work and save and stuff. So now it's like, now when I can buy stuff, I find that like I go a little overboard. Like, I'm really bad about buying comfort items. Like, if I, if I see a, a comfortable looking jacket, I'll buy it. I do not need another sweatshirt, jacket, warm shirt, any of that, because I see one that I like and I buy it. And just this Christmas alone, I think I ended up with like six brand new uh, uh, flannel (laughs) shirts alone. And I'm like, I do not need that much flannel, but they all look really comfortable. They all look (laughs) so. So that for me is my problem. But I get it. It's like, you know. The consumerism is a real issue, and, and you know, and, and his, his was more of a, a, a real fight against capitalism and 
you know, and how it's going to destroy us and stuff like that. Well, you know, you, I think, you mentioned capitalism, so I'm going to throw out another ism that it's kind of mentioned is the nihilism, <laughs> this idea of, mm. of, you know, we believe in nothing. And whenever I heard nihilism referenced, I, it, it always reminds me of uh, the Coen Brothers movie, The Big Lebowski, you know, the nihilists right. and the Big Lebowski. And, and um, we believe in nothing, Lebowski, nothing. You know, <laughs> how hilarious it was that they were, they were just so impassioned about their belief in nothing. Um, but... Uh, but it, it does seem to be kind of a, a, a reaction to capitalism. Well, let's just, let it, it, like my reaction when I was a kid, kind of reacting to trends of going the opposite, that was kind of this, it's this antithesis of what we see and, and really not a solution, but a reaction. And yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, <laughs> I didn't really know what that word meant until just now, essentially. Like, <laughs> And I heard a lot of people talk. I'm like, nihilist, I need to go look at what that what they're talking about. And and yeah, um, to me, I, yeah, it's 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 very interesting the way this 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 is all came out, because uh, Tyler is is essentially a hypocrite. True. Right. Yeah. When you when you talk about from start to finish of this this movie, he he starts off with all these great lines and these speeches about how the nihilist and capitalism's ruin everything and you're just doing this and you know he's very much uh, what's one person called uh, you know um, thrift shop chic you know all mm -hmm. of his clothes are kind of like mismatch and you know he's but he's stylish and stuff like that but in the end he basically goes you know he's talking about all these these corporates and wearing uniforms and all this and but what's he create in in project mayhem they're all in uniforms they have no names you know it's basically right. exactly what he was talking down about in the beginning it's like he is a full-on hypocrite true with what but he what is about. he he is not the follower he is the he is the person that is in charge. So in a sense- Which makes it even more of a hypocrite. Well, well I just say that, that I, I, I'm just pointing out that, that he is not the one that is nameless. He is not the one that is, that is uh, the drone. He has- but he's, he has he's railing this, against that system. I know, he's he railing, right, exactly. I agree, I agree with that. But, uh, but I think it, in society, sometimes we seek out something that is other. And, and what we find is that if, as long as we are empowered, um, oh, above yeah. that, that, that other, that is the, that is. And that's what, that's what makes it to me even a bigger hypocrite because he's not just saying yeah. that, Oh, you know, I'm not going to be this. He goes and and these are the bad guys. He literally is calling out the, the people creating the system as the bad guys, but yet he becomes that. And that is, that is uh, middle-aged uh, suffering <laughs> where we, be, we discover our own hypocrisies as we get, as we get older and we start looking true, back in our true. lives and say, my God, I, you know, and, and then, and then through our middle midlife crisis, we, we, we again, self-reflect and realize that there's no overcoming our own hypocrisy. <laughs> it's just going to always be there. <laughs> yeah. So one of the other things I, I, I caught out of this and, and it, it resonated with me a little bit more and maybe it's just my personality and, and my, my interactions in life is, um, the relationship with Marla in, in how he starts it off. And, you know, he's calling her, a a uh, uh, a tourist and stuff like that and yes. you know he's following her around and, it, and it's like he has an interest in her but he can't allow himself to like her and and this is when tyler ends up coming around and and well, you know well sure because he doesn't know how to uh attract he doesn't have to be attractive to her and he wants yes you know he's attracted to her but he doesn't know how to and so uh, and that's that's where i was saying that resonated with me because i i don't know how many times i'm like oh i really like this girl but i could i mean I let me just, insult her it, 
right yeah let me go pull her hair uh, you know that's that usually <laughs> yeah. works oh nice that's a um, great that's a perfect example of, of kind of the immature behavior of a child and how they react yeah. to their own oh in, yeah except for mine went all the way through high school I, I didn't know what the hell I was doing I don't know how I got married I, I got lucky on that one um so no but I, it's just we all that was one on our wife that's how it goes <laughs> I'm still pulling a fast one on her she doesn't know what she's got um so uh but yeah really it's one of those is i just to me that resonated so much is that a lot of this you know because he even says this all started with a girl right right yeah, and right. she's the it's one like one of the first lines of the movie yeah it's all started and so you know and and that was another one that like i was like oh man i think a lot of people missed this meaning because there's so there's so many things in this to take away from it that it is easy to to not catch every one of them yeah. Um, and, and catch them differently, too. And that's OK, because everybody has a different background and a different uh, frame of mind that they're looking at it from. So it's going to resonate different with everybody. So you might get a little bit different. And that's OK. What 100%. do you think about, you know, the ending? And did it was it trying to make send a message? Or uh, do you think it was just just kind of the the outcome of all the crap that had gone down that we were just seeing? I, I, I part of me thinks that it was I think the last half of this or the third the tur the turd that's a good name for it the third part of this movie uh was kind of a letdown like uh once he realizes what's going on and he goes into his little starts figuring things out it, it's right after um uh Bob is shot right and right he kind of flips out and they gets the whole oh he now he has a name and you know he is Robert Polson and stuff like that that was once that happened after that everything from there kind of let me down it was kind of boring kind of not as you know it just not as much meaning well, kind let's of... let's talk about the difference is uh, as far as the movie and the book just just to throw them out there i mean i i don't know if i agree with you as far as it being a letdown but but it's interesting to talk about the differences because in the book um the the final climax was not to destroy all the credit card buildings and remove the debt instead it was uh the target was to destroy a skyscraper that would collapse onto a museum and end up killing tyler so that he would become a martyr and in his words i got a quote here uh this isn't really death will be legend we won't grow old i mean this idea of creating a martyr of yourself and becoming the christ figure um which which is interesting because they talk there's a lot of father uh, you know father figure um ideas in this and so and and it's also referenced as you know, there's a time, I think even Tyler says it in the movie, God has abandoned us. And, and, and so it's yeah. interesting when you can kind of tie those things together. Well, that was but, back when he's talking about being the middle child of, uh, this, uh, okay. of civilization or whatever. But also at the end, the buildings did not go down. You know, the, in the movie, they all blew up and there's that very cinematic moment where they're mm -hmm. holding hands and watching the buildings uh -huh. collapse. And you can't believe that you're seeing what you're seeing. But in the, uh, and this is pre 9/11, so uh, so right. they probably couldn't. Uh, they probably would have had to rethink that scene if they sh if they if this was being released right. a couple of years after. But uh, in the book, the the bombs did not go off. They screwed it up because he used the wrong. Oh. You know, uh, well, you can read about that. But then, <laughs> then uh, the narrator wakes up in a psych ward and he has like some sort of. Uh, um, you know, argument with his uh, psychiatrist about whether what happened was real or not. And so oh. I, I, I didn't read this. I only, or I mean, I, I, I heard someone talking about it. So I'm not sure exactly how it all went down, but there was a whole nother um, kind of uh, yeah, no, conclusion I don't, I, to it, which sounded interesting, 
Um, but I don't. I, I disagree. I think I think the third act held up mostly. I, I don't care for how he shot himself in the in the. Well, in the, okay, I have a problem with chin. that. To me, that seemed a little weird. Uh, and although they did I, talk about drilling holes in the book, drilling holes in the uh, chamber of the gun so that it wouldn't uh, create a silencer. And, I, and, and I'm curious if maybe that may have made it so it wouldn't actually blow your head off. <laughs> well, no, I don't think he thought that much into it because he didn't even know about the gun until Tyler Olson had a gun. No, the, I, what my biggest problem was is it just it lost a lot of the, the mental side of it and then became this physical side of the movie and what i mean by that is then it's just the him running around like he goes to the police station and then all of a sudden there's three cops that are part of project mayhem which <laughs> right this is where this is where it got a little unbelievable he, to he me it kind of gets like, a little silly yeah it's yeah. like okay i i believe you could have gotten some young uh, people that didn't know really didn't have what was going on in their life didn't have everything going straight but you're talking all these older middle-aged people that have these careers and stuff like that like police detectives three police detectives that you know and then like oh you you told us you were going to say that that's where it got a little i'm like okay this, this is a little hard to believe um it just that that part i didn't care for and the fact that he was able to get out of a police department in his underwear running like that with a cop's gun i'm like come on he wouldn't have gotten out of that police station in no no fucking way um then the whole thing, it gets really stupid, and this is where I lost a lot of just, like, I'm like, okay. And I remember seeing it the first time, and I don't remember my actual feelings, but the second time, or just this recent time watching it, when he's fighting with himself at the end, and they show it on the video camera, I'm like, come on now. That's, it, 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 it took it to, an, it's like, oh, so now it's, now it's paranormal? Like, now there's actually a, a ghost image in, like, they had him pulling him by the hair and showing him being pulled in the the video monitor, which was just physically so had, impossible. But they actually did that. They actually shot that that way. That was someone doing that. They didn't. They didn't go in and. They pull pulled someone. him with a wire, though. No, they didn't. I, he's got his hands up on his hair. No, no. Well, I I don't know. I saw something where it says that that was all completely someone doing it. You know, it wasn't it wasn't wire tricks or anything like that. So mm, I I'll, I'll need to look into that because it looked okay. very unrealistic, okay. and that was that was my problem with it. Like, I, if they would have just left it off of the TV monitor, uh, I would have been a little bit more okay with it. Like like the fight he gets in with himself um in his his boss's office was done really well. Like that sh that worked. <laughs> Right. You know, well, that, yeah, we saw it that way, and, and and it almost added more credence to those other moments when when it when it said, the, "Oh, he, you know, he right." Yeah. Well, I mean, the other one is when they when he goes back and realizes that who Tyler is himself, and then they show him fighting with himself outside the bar. Yeah. Like those guys walking up aren't going to be like, "This motherfucker's crazy." Oh, I want to fight you now. It, <laughs> it, it, uh, it, it just, there, there's a little bit hard to believe that people would actually jump in, but that's also part of what this movie is about, that that cults can be formed, you know, it, it's a little too easy that he, he's able to get these people to do all this. Like, I just don't believe that there's that many mind-numb people. I liked, there was one moment, though, where they're talking about who Tyler is, and they're saying, oh, you know, the legends, some say he's crazy and insane and all these other things. Yeah. And so... I can see how, you know, these two people could have thought, oh, my God, this guy's crazy. 
and they tell the story to two people. They end up leaving the cult because they think it's ridiculous, but you're still left with the lore of what, what was said, and it takes but, on a whole new meaning. So but, I do think there's possibilities yeah. on how this can be established. But how many people he got and how, like, whole restaurants of people and, and whole, like, franchises yeah. across. It's just you're like... Right. I mean, this is a movie. This is trying... Wow. This is, this yeah, is I mean, those, that's, that's trying to, we're, to stretch... We're talking idea. about things that make you make you go, oh, and that's where the third <laughs> act really came out to me and, and got a little silly. Um, you know, I, the whole putting her on the bus to get out of there and then they bring her back. I seriously hated the whole thing about him shooting himself in the the head to kill Tyler. Although yeah, I, I, it I made mean, that sense didn't in a right way with me either. I mean, I, I, right? It makes sense that you're trying to you have to physically he destroy made, your your, yes. your alter ego in order to rid yourself. He of, made the right? choice to say like, right. no, I'm going to kill you, and this is how I'm going to do it. And it works. I love. I did love the fact that when he shoots himself and the smoke comes out of Tyler's mouth, and he's like, "What's that smell?" <laughs> it, it, that to me was was cool but the whole idea of it that he shot himself and then was just able to talk and and hang out and watch these buildings go down i was kind of like no no you don't just shoot yourself through the jaw like that and be like okay i'm gonna i'm just gonna talk about it and no like i don't care how much you go into your little cave with your magic penguin which i love the fucking penguin to begin with too i thought that was great that talks Um, to him and says what's he say slide slide (laughs) which okay so here's another one when when they go back to when he uh the the whole lie on the hand yeah which is um there's there's a part of that that also i want to talk about after this but when he's going through that he tries to go into his cave which perfect and then his spirit animal turns into Marla. Did you pick that up? Like it starts oh. off with a penguin and then it kind of flashes out and then it's Marla. It's kind of the, the picture of the sex scene where she was on the bed. Uh, so she be kind of becomes his power animal. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's, that's powerful. I, I, I like that. Um, one of the things that, so the mark on his hand, it's in the shape of, of lips or some people like to call it uh, in the shape of a pussy. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I can see that. But the idea was that the he kissed his hand before he poured the stuff on it. And apparently there was enough saliva on his lips to create the burn starting. And I was like, that don't seem right. I mean, like, did he have to sit there and just like lick his lips for like six minutes before he like, <laughs> you know, I'm like... I don't know. I've never played with lie. I don't think I'm going to go test that one out. At the um, same time, what really happened was he ended up kissing his own, you know, wrist true. And, and and pouring it himself. So so we didn't actually see how it went down. I'm just. It seems really weird that he would be able to get enough saliva in a perfect shape of his lips on your hand to pour lie on to get that perfect little set of lips on his his hand. It was all as I mean the process if that's what it is is. Like okay, that's ridiculous. I don't, I don't ever want to see anybody <laughs> do that. Uh, it just doesn't seem crazy. But th- that was one of the things I was like, oh, okay. Third act though, to me, was kind of a letdown. Uh, especially watching again, I, I was fully, fully interested in the first two acts. I was like, fuck, oh my god, I remember all this. I remember all this. So, and then got it got into the third act, and then I was like, all right, I'm kind of bored now. Like it, it it's surprising how how uh, quickly the movie evolves. I was, you know, all, we were, weren't even halfway through and I looked at, uh, I thought about how the movie evolved at the beginning. It went <laughs> through so many different things True. to where it got and, and yet it was still not even halfway through. So I agree that to me it was more 
kind of the middle act seemed a little bit less uh, less interesting. It was a little bit more of a of a slog of being stuck at this house that I was a little bit more annoyed at. I loved the first act and how it set the characters up, but it had some moments. The the fight with his boss. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. Oh my god, the fight with his boss was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That was that was seriously crazy. Um. I I mean it just. To me, it's like mindfuck. The whole first and second act is all, all about that, and then the third act it kind of puts it all away. And, and once you know the secret, it just loses. You know, then it gets into the whole project. Project Mayhem to me is the worst part of the whole movie. Everything about it kind of really is kind of a letdown in the aspect of what it is. The, the you know them doing the I mean. There's parts of it, like, I, I like the fact that they show that it, he, he's such a hypocrite because he cr creates this this group, these space monkeys, and how they get in, you know, they have to stand on the porch for three days, <laughs> which someone brought up was one of those, like, you know how nasty it's be? Because they got to sit out there and piss and shit on themselves. Like, like how, yeah, no, I'm not going through that for three days. I don't care what you're offering. They're just, you know, and then, you know, and then they're like, oh, and then they just come in and start cleaning up the house and making it livable and stuff. Which, funniest, funniest line I heard in all the podcasts I listened to is someone was like, oh, my God, that house. Like, just watching it, I could smell that house. <laughs> I, could, I was like, oh, God, you're right. Like, the, just the well, dampness. and the... I've read books that kind of convey that sort of stuff. If you ever read any, like, Henry Miller or Hunter S. Thompson, where it really gets into kind of that 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 nitty gritty of, <laughs> of living without, Duh. without, uh, a purpose, you know, this, 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 um, it's, it, I, they I thought, were living with a purpose. Well, they yeah, had a purpose. They, yeah, he had to create a purpose. I mean, nihilism is about nothing. And yet, and yet he still had to, uh, but uh, it was more about react. that. It was, it was more of a reaction to the capitalism. It was more of a, uh, 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 a destruction. I mean, yes. he was more he, nihilist. Doesn't really cover it right because it's not even right. It's, no, it, no, that was more what he was proclaiming. I agree. That was yeah. not what he what he was. He's it more was, like a destructivist or it was something. Chaos. I mean, he, it was create chaos, chaos yeah. out of some out of uh, as a response to to uh, consumerism. You know, Starbucks. Yeah. Let's blow up the. Let's roll this this. That I thought that was hilarious. I was like, that's really clever. And I thought what they did. And I mean, but granted, it it leads to the to you know the. Gets uh, turned into meatloaf, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I I remember when we did the uh, the podcast on um, the uh, oh god, what is it the 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 one the other one that has meatloaf is Eddie. Um, oh, Frank, oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, just a Rocky Horror. Yes. It's Rocky Horror Picture Show, and I was saying, yeah, this is this is probably Meatloaf's uh, second best uh, acting uh, job, and it, I was going off of because of his job here in uh, in Fight Club. I he was one of the characters that you just care for, you know. It, it's funny, and, it, and I don't know if it's because you know he opens up and and has full emotion in the beginning you know he opens up and cries he's probably the most he... vulnerable character in this as far as his you know from a two dimensional standpoint absolutely right well but i mean and then when even when he gets into project mayhem you kind of see a different side of i mean he beats the shit out of of the narrator when they fight he he fucking kicks his ass and it's like he you does. know it's kind of funny although he's the only, he's the only I, one that's not required to wear a shirt <laughs> 
or, or not wearing her shirt. Or, yeah, or I was I was a little yeah. disappointed in that. I mean, that's I, I would think fucking rules are rules, man. Like, <laughs> bitch tits or not, you you fucking. But they couldn't do it because it was a fat suit. Um, I think it's in know. the book that way too. So. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I you know to me I'd be like, dude, rules are rules. I don't care if you got bitch tits or not. You get out and I mean shit, those could be an extra weapon. You throw a right with one of those. So, uh, I heard that the fat suit was like a, a, a suit full of uh, bird seed and they said it was like a hundred pounds. Oh my God. I know. Uh, did, I he like, did kind of have that, that Ford, uh, heavy. Oh, you know, they were big. Posture. Uh, they were big. I was like, damn good on you though. Uh, but yeah, it's so, uh, he was one of my favorite characters in the whole thing. Uh, I did not know, uh, angel face. The, the one with the blonde hair was Jared Leto. But I don't. Joker, I couldn't, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Don't even call him that because that's the most. That's the worst fucking Joker character ever. Um, what else? I hated he, that one. Yeah, he won an Academy Award for the the. Uh, oh, what was the? It was it was it was the one with. Um, oh God, I'm gonna. Um, you, are you looking? Oh, I see you. you I, I was, I was trying to look him up, up real quick. Millionaires Club or some club? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, Buyers what club. is that? Called? Dallas Buyers Buy, Club. Yeah, Dallas. But yeah, so he was in Suicide Squad as Joker, which was horrible. Requiem for a Dream. Thin Red Line. Oh my gosh, Requiem for a Dream. That was a good role. Uh, he was in a recent movie with Denzel Washington that came out during the pandemic. Um, got some notoriety okay. for that. Uh, so he's things. done some good stuff, but yeah, little things. He's done some good stuff, but yeah, and he's in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, but uh, he's yeah, going to be he, in a new MCU he's, movie. He's, he is most well known for that the notorious uh, his his notorious no, bad his, Joker. Uh, yeah, bad Joker. I know. Which Fucking which is, is is it's not quite fair to completely blame him because so much of his performance was cast aside because uh, and. I, I mean, I don't, I haven't seen it. I'm glad they did. Okay. I, I didn't want, I couldn't stand. I, to me, it was the worst uh, iteration of Joker I've ever seen. It, it was like, I, I, if they would have had more of it, that movie would have been even worse. Huh. And it was just, I, I didn't like it at all. It's, I don't know if you've ever seen any or read any Joker uh, or Batman comic with Joker in it, but that is nothing like any of it. It's, it's a horrible well, maybe adaptation. he was following the same sort of philosophy as 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 I did when I was younger and going with that anti-trend because you look at uh, <laughs> you look at the Joker. I want to do the exact opposite. Yeah, I mean, it, sometimes that's what you flock to so that you're not considered, uh, you know, copying the 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 trendsetters. And uh, Heath Ledger was so legendary with his performance. Oh yeah, and Heath that, Ledger uh, was phenomenal. Um, that uh, that sometimes you just got to go the, a different direction and see what happens, see what sticks. Yeah. And so I, I think I think he deserves some credit for trying something new. But I, I agree, what I saw was not very interesting. Um, I just, <laughs> but I do think the movie itself was 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 worse, uh, not because of him, but because of uh, the uh, production studio's involvement and how. That oh yeah, no, it story. wasn't it wasn't good at all. I, well, the first the first. Suicide Squad was it? The second one was better. I won't say it's great, but it was better. I agree. Um, it was. I. I think I was set up for something a lot better when I saw it. It didn't do <laughs> quite what I had hoped. Uh, but but then, but then I had seen so much leading up to it because it was it was teased so much yeah. that uh, there wasn't much. To so there's not it. a lot of other main characters at all in this this movie. I don't. I can't think of any that really spin any. I mean, we get the boss a couple times, but not many. Re- Pete, like more you see him more than once or twice other than like 
Jared Leto is one of the only like main. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I did notice the mechanic. I, I can't remember his name, but uh, uh, he was also in um, in the. Uh, there was there was a series just a little while. I'm gonna look it up here. I got the mechanic. What's his name? He had the best scene when when they gave him the the first projects where he was like, uh, "Go pick a fight with someone you don't know and you lose." And he's out there standing in front of the shop, like spraying people with the hose. Yeah. That oh, was yeah, hilarious. Right, right. That's right. Uh, he that... was in Mindhunter, a TV series that was also, oh, okay. that was also, uh, well, at least it was, it was directed by David Fincher, at least the first couple episodes. And he continued the role in a couple seasons. I think it's an HBO series. Um, but Mindhunter, that sounds really, familiar. Really, really a good, uh, a good series. In fact, there's a local guy uh, a local Santa Rosa actor that played a, an incredible character in the first season. I think he returned for the second season as a, because in Mindhunter, it's all about the kind of the birth of the FBI where they, where they went around and interviewed serial killers and kind of developed this idea of what mm. I say birth of the FBI. No, this birth of the idea of a serial killer and um, interviewed people in, in prisons. And uh, there was one of the characters that was, so fascinating to watch in the first season um, that uh, and the actor was was a local so mine hunter so here was <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't know this until I was uh, scrolling through the people that were in this so the character Lou right which was the um, he was kind of the bar owner that came down and was kicking everybody out and then okay. ends up beating the shit out of Tyler right uh, you know that oh, crazy oh, the, scene too the the kind of like the mob boss type Time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I don't know if you knew this and, and I didn't know it without looking it up, but that uh is Peter oh my god, I can't uh Isaac Angelo who is Michelangelo Cliff Okay. Is Cliff Clavin from Cheers. No. No <laughs> Yes. Yes it is. That's not Cliff Clavin. No, Cliff Clavin is uh uh that's it's Cliff Clavin. No, it's not, because Cliff Clavin is in all the all the uh, animated movies. Um, yeah. Oh, what's his name? Okay, hang on. That's uh, John Ratzenberger. Why are they showing his picture then? They're literally. Oh, they're showing the guy next to him. Never mind. Okay. Okay. I, okay. That's why it's screwed. So if you go down IMDb, that you should it shows the picture and it shows him. But it, if you you have to click on the picture much bigger to see both people, I was like, that didn't look like him. What the fuck? Okay, all right, that's I'm like that didn't. But all right, Any, okay, that screwed me up then. Anyhow, sometimes um, how he sees it is not actually how he sees it. You know, it's how someone else might. Oh, see that's it, how but... I saw it, and then how I looked it up, and I looked it up wrong. I was probably drinking at the time. Um, <laughs> drinking? We don't drink during this. Oh wait, maybe we do. Okay, <laughs> we drink the whole time. Um, Incredible movie though. Uh, it, it's interesting. Like, um, and one of the things that is is I found listening to other people talk about it was um, they really loved it when they first saw it. Um, whether they were younger or older, you know, um, they they talk about this being a Gen X movie, right? It was released in '99, so you know, I I know when I saw this, I was in my you know mid to late twenties. Is that right? Yeah, mid to late twenties. A lot of people that were in their high school, you know, or, or like one of the guys I talked today, he's only 29 now. So he was seven when this released, but he said he saw it in high school and, and thought it was incredible. So I think it's when you see this, 
mm-hmm. it, uh, you know, the younger you are, not too young, but like teens to to twenties, early twenties, it, it's it's a great great movie. It really resonates. And then the older you get, the more you watch it, and you kind of put some stuff to it. It, it might it might fall off. Or if you get too into the 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 social media, let people tell you how to think kind of thing. I could see people getting, you know, they they buy too much into to oh I got to read into this this stuff and you know yeah that's I, a, I this time I watched it uh, with my wife sitting next to me and it was a different experience because every time something a little <laughs> too violent showed up I felt like oh I felt a little embarrassed by by thinking, <laughs> thinking that this would resonate the same way with with her as it did with me and um, and so. Um, that and and I think that's fair. At the same time, it doesn't take away what what it what it meant to me. Um, well, I, I mean, do you think do you think a movie like this could get made as easily th- these days? To me, it seems like this is more fodder for uh, for streaming television content. I don't. It's harder to to package this in a theatrical release these days. Um, um, you know, well, I mean, you could say that with a ton of movies that were made. Yeah. Uh, before streaming streaming became the way it is now because uh so many movies that are are out now that you know were out in the theaters in the 90s and 80s and early aughts even uh probably would have went straight to streaming and things like that so yes yeah. you're correct in the fact that I, it probably would not have got a theat the rat I can't even say it now theatrical <laughs> release you did it um, I know I I had to I had to really work for that one um <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I it's I don't know if this would would not get made necessarily because of that more than I think um the the social implications of it are like the ending there's no way they would do the ending that they did. Mm-hmm. Just I mean, 2 years well, later right. had oh my nine, gosh, yeah, 9/11. 9/11, um, you know, so if it came out 2 years later, it it wouldn't have been able to be able to do the same ending. They would have had to change it up. Um, because of the way our, our society has come recently in the last six years with, with, you know, the, the people and the way they are with, you know, uh, Antifa and, and the, the different riots and, and the way people are respecting and acting towards each other. I think it would have a harder time too, just because people react a lot to what you would almost call as a recipe for domestic terrorists. Um, and an incel and stuff like that. So I, I think that would ha- be a harder part for them to sell too. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, it's like sometimes you you have to make the movies that don't make people feel good, that put people in a, a weird spot, that make you uncomfortable. Because if you stay always in your comfort zone, you never grow, right? You never... You never think, you never, you never question, you never, you know. So, to to say, to say it can't, and I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like part, I, part of me thinks that, you know, I see a movie like this, and I think it's important for filmmakers to be responsible when they put this sort of content on the screen. At the same time, I don't know if David Fincher was. I mean, I think he just was <laughs> like, "This is awesome. I'm going for it." And fuck you if you don't see the 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 you know the, the irony. Well, that this is just a good movie, and and uh, I want a lot of I, I want Brad Pitt to to do his sex thing, and I want to show some good vibes. <laughs> and I'm I'm no, I do think he's a thoughtful guy. I think he puts a lot of care into it, but at the same time, I think he's driven by a little bit of 
uh, agreed well, to, t- to, to show off his craft because he's damn good at it. But uh, um, but I do think there's also filmmakers need to be a little responsible, especially when they're dealing with a format that is so easily uh, ingested without without thought. You know, we do ingest mm. TV and, and things on on the screen. We almost used it to turn our brains off. Yes. Yeah, that, that's that's true. And 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 if it's so simple to turn our brains off then it's so easy to manipulate and and you know throw that cock in our face that, that you know, <laughs> with a with a single frame that makes us turn around and shoot the the, the person next to us um, <laughs> you know it, it's just a crazy manipulation but but the filmmaker should be a little bit more responsible i don't know if if it's it's fair to hold the, the filmmaker responsible, but, but, but as a, well, that's, I mean, that's like saying you, you have to be responsible for everything that anybody else sees of you and how they take it. I mean, no, cause we are one in our world of, of, of what is around us. Whereas a filmmaker and a social media presence is a presents themselves to their 1 million followers. And that's right. a different. There's a different paradigm there. I think that that is fair to call out. Um, I, well, that's I, how we get canceled. That's how we get cancel culture, though. Oh man, is, talk about cancel culture! L- look up Chuck uh, Chuck Palahniuk's uh, Palahniuk's uh, response to uh, cancel culture. Joe Rogan asks him about it, and it's fascinating what he says. So I, I'm not. Gonna oh yeah, try, I'm not going to try to to uh, to repeat. No, no, that. I I want to hear that. I I started listening to Joe Rogan again because I I had some extra time, and and he is by far one of the best interview interviewist would that be the right way like he just knows how to get to people's to get them to talk and talk about and, and he doesn't put any of his own spin on things he like literally was like i want to hear what you have to say even if i disagree with it and i love it fair, fair comment i don't think i was trying to talk up joe rogan sometimes he annoys me i, uh, I but, wasn't either but, i'm uh, just saying i recently started listening to him and i think he's incredible and, and i don't think i don't think the, i don't think cancel culture was actually the 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 phrase okay. that was used but it's this this idea the idea but, but yeah it was definitely the description cancel culture is what i said oh that's what he's talking about and uh, so maybe uh, i'll look that up and send that to you and if you want to attach it to our podcast as a as an interesting little um, okay yeah as a link. because because it's interesting because I think I think Chuck, Chuck Palahniuk talks about it really thoughtfully. It's not he doesn't take a political side. Instead, he talks about it psychologically and like where people are coming from. He talks about right. how we are invaded by so much. Um, you know, when we were younger and social media wasn't around, it was easier to express ourselves in a way that made us kind of stand out. Well, now it's just the opposite. Social media just creates this atmosphere where there's so much congestion that the only way to yeah so the only way to make room for your opinion is to say you know is to say this is not this is not uh okay you know is to kind of reach out and cancel something and make that your way of of kind of standing out and so it seemed more like just a a youthful uh response to to our society and not and not this political uh oh yeah no it's not all political thing so i i I appreciated that he broke it down in something that was a little bit more thoughtful and and uh, yeah no i don't think it's all it's not it's not matter of fact most of it's not political although there's a lot of political part of it but a lot of it is that it's just yeah people trying to force their opinions on others of like uh i don't like that and like you said to to stand out i've got to make a statement and my statement is, is i don't like you you know you don't think the way i do so you can't think 
But it's very um, fair for in our youth and when we, we're trying to express ourselves, we want yeah. to kind of somehow make what we're saying mean something. Relevant. It's, it's hard to it's hard when when there's so much uh, noise out there. To, there's so to, much noise now. Yeah. Um, and so so we look for ways of, of kind of breaking through that noise. And uh, it's, it's funny. It, it's funny you talk about noise. And I, I literally got irritated today with Facebook because you scroll down <laughs> like two, three stories and you see all these. It's now they're I think they're Instagram stories. And it's just constant like people either uh, showing people arguing and fighting or these you can just see them as blatant calls for look at me. And it's like, fuck, I don't want to see any more of this shit. It's like, it's like commercial, commercial, look at me, look at me, commercial, commercial, fight, 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 commercial, commercial, you know, look at me. And it's like, fuck, this thing is, you know, if I was just stronger willed, I'd, I would delete the fucking app from my phone, but I'm not. <laughs> You're stronger willed. You're nice. Oh, I, I'm, I, I, well, yeah, I deleted no. it like uh, 15 years ago and then five years ago, I, Turned it back yeah. on. So, so well, that, I, I do talk about weak willed, but I, I, I don't think I've posted anything for over a year. So yeah, no, I I do most of it now, mostly just for the podcast and to keep in touch with some family and friends. Um, I really try and stay off it as much as I can. Um, but yeah, I am weak willed sometimes, and I do get into <laughs> it. And I just have to remember: don't reply, don't reply, don't reply. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I yeah. Uh, it's just it it's is easy what to it get is. triggered I, and, and sometimes we I, just want someone, oh. to, someone to hit we want a fight club that we can just express ourselves in oh a yeah very well I mean safe it, in a very safe environment <laughs> well that's that's the interesting thing too with this these fights and, and this something I, we didn't talk about when they, we were talking about the filming and, and and how well the movie was done one of the things is the sound the actual sound effects from the fights sound so realistic to a bare bare knuckles fight like when you hit someone you know that sound when you when you make it's just that's you, true it wasn't like a bruce lee shit. movie that you know psh, psh, psh. yeah you know it, it yeah it was it's like like go go sometime the best thing you could do if you really want to know what that sound is and you don't want to get in a real fight go the rocky route go find a butcher that has some like cow hung up from its feet that's been butchered and just punch that thing a couple times yeah you'll hear what it really sounds like it's it's crazy <laughs> you know now, and okay go ahead. i was gonna say and and i would suggest if anybody is or if you've never been in a fight go join a martial arts class that does some <laughs> sparring because it's it is so worth it. it it's like to me i was talking to i was talking to a younger guy today and i was talking about fighting and like i said you know most people have never been in real fights and stuff like that and to me it's like it's like being on a roller coaster I am scared to shit of most most roller coasters, especially in the beginning. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Go through it, get done, and I'm like, okay, that was a lot of fun. I want to do this again. <laughs> That's how I am 90% of the times when I spar. It's like, fuck, I don't want to do this. Fuck, I don't want to do this. And then after I'm all done, whatever, whatever happens, I'm like, okay, that was fun. I want to do this again. <laughs> it's it's I, the same my, way. My challenge with sparring has always been trying to find that that happy medium between being thoughtful, you know, cause you're, you're, <laughs> you're sparring against someone that, that you care about that, you know, this isn't, right. a ri this isn't a fight that, so, so you've got a certain responsibility to protect them at the same time. You also have a, uh, you want to, you want to stand out yeah. as, as, <laughs> as, as kind of knowing what you're doing and not, look like <laughs> yeah. so uh, you can't, you can't just let go. You can't, you can't let go and, and be this, this brutal well, 
me have help. you ever been in a in a real fight where it's it's no holds bar just fucking you don't know the person don't care for the person or just don't out like of the person not not to i don't think what you're talking about i once got frustrated enough to where i went kind of a little insane on someone but but uh <laughs> but i ended up feeling the fool and and i and i got uh i got clobbered off my uh scooter one time when someone tried to steal it and then they okay, yeah. tried to drive away with it and crashed into a car and <laughs> and, and ran away because they didn't know how well, to I would say, drive my scooter but I've never been in a in a brawl so I would say probably uh, it's got to be in uh, high numbers 90% of people really have not been in fights have yeah. never been in a real physical fight it might even be higher than that um in in like a serious serious fight and I'm not talking about like grade school kind of getting a fight on the playground or even you know high school and stuff but yeah like well i was never in martial arts in order to learn how to protect myself because i can't i can't fathom a moment in 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 my life where i would actually make the decision that i've got to open up on someone it just to <laughs> me it's I, there's too many psychological barriers of, of oh, okay. no, I can come up with a different solution. This isn't the right, you know, that's the stuff that, that to me needs to be uh, figured out. You know, how do you, how do you, um, how do you, uh, what do you call it when you're trying to deescalate a, a situation? That's the, uh -huh. that's the challenge. Um, um, I think, I think there could be an instant where I'm, you know, if, if I'm threatened where I need to open up, but I just, right. I, I, I don't think, don't see that as as that's not my motivation for martial arts. It was always just because I was I was attracted to the science. I was attracted to the to the body, uh, the, you know, the the, 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 the ability to to kind of perfect our movements and understand mm -hmm. what it was all about and to gain the confidence of being able to walk into a situation and feel a little bit more like, you know, I belonged because I could protect myself if I had to. That mm -hmm. those those were valued things uh i just don't i don't i don't think we're it's it's so hard to fathom where i would psychologically t say to myself <laughs> i'm gonna beat the shit out of this person because that's just not who i am um so yeah. i but i know you're a little bit you know you've had that experience you're more that oh, I'm, I'm way different i kind yeah. of martial arts for <laughs> me is almost the opposite where uh it actually pulls me back it's like um yeah. i would probably have gotten in more fights if i hadn't started doing martial arts that um Makes just it because I, very valuable, I you know, sure. to me, it's more, yeah, it's more of a mental, it's like, okay, but it's also one of those things is that I know if I go that, uh, the chances are that I'm walking away and that's, you know, I, I grew up, I fought a lot growing up. I mean, I probably, I've probably been in over a hundred fights just before I was finished through high school. Um, you know, from, from growing up and stuff like that. But it's funny since I started doing martial arts, I have not been in another physical fight outside of you know class and stuff like that mm -hmm. which is kind of one of those that's like i always wonder it's like damn you know i know what i used to do i wonder <laughs> what i would do now so it's kind of it, it's but yeah i i get it and and that's i i think that's what's beautiful about martial arts too is you know one of the things they talked about with this is in this fight club was it was that outlet of the that pent-up anger for these people and you know, if you don't have a sport, a physical sport, like one of the, one of the ways I, I used to get out my aggression was was playing hockey. Um, you know, and and if you don't have an outlet for that, sometimes it just builds and builds until it blows. It's and true, so, and, and I don't know if if anger and aggression are always the same uh, 
motivation because I think I think emotions in general need an outlet, whether they're yes, you know, angry or or, or yeah, it doesn't or, have to be all anger. It's right. Just, it's, there there are other things. There can be sexual release. There, well, that's that's creepy. <laughs> let's let's go a different direction. But I mean, there's that's a, lot a whole of, different Fight Club. There, there, there's a lot. <laughs> that's the book, you know, when we're talking about the home. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of a lot of things that an an outlet for that sort of aggression. I loved. Yeah doing technique lines. Technique yeah. lines are awesome because, you know, they, they put us in touch with movement and stuff like that. And we get to unload on someone and we're also not afraid that uh, they're not, you know, they know what's coming. So it's not like we're going to hurt them. We get to still make physical contact. And there is something kind of um, um, physically exciting. I, I'm not going to go away from the word sexual, but but I mean, <laughs> sensual might be a better word because uh, yeah. uh, although that can be perverted just as well. But but I mean, there is a sensual excitement to to making contact and 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 unloading on someone in a in a more uh, controlled, con controlled way. Um, and, well, and yeah. that same aspect, right? You know, you talk about and they're like, well, how how would these guys, you know, one of the things they talked about during the movie was like these guys are getting their ass kicked and they're they're, you know, whether you win, lose or, you know, draw kind of fight you get in there and you do it um talking about the technique lines you know being able to unload on someone being able to hit someone hard and and do that but the, on the opposite side how i mean i know for me it i'm almost as giddy to to take that hit and hell take yes that kick oh and, i and, know and you hear that i'm sorry it's like fuck you don't say you're sorry yeah that don't say you're awesome. sorry we, yeah <laughs> being able to take that shot and be like yeah okay i got that and sometimes yeah. sometimes you're like oof uh, give me a second. That one was <laughs> no, a good one. Give me a second, but man, I I'm proud of you, and I'm I, and this is what it's all about. This is why I'm here yeah, is to take exactly. that take that shot, and that's and that's the attraction of Fight Club. I think is where yeah. you're going with this is that yeah, is that it is. It's not hit, just having the blood kind of spurt mm -hmm. out, losing a tooth or something like that. There is something <laughs> kind of kind of attractive. Maybe it's 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 part of that masculinity that we're kind of yeah. uh, drawn towards. Uh, but uh, but it certainly is understandable. So it's also a team team aspect that I I knew from my youth of like being on football teams and wrestling teams and things like that, um, where or and, and even one where I go back to when I was in the Coast Guard on the ships and stuff like that. You go through hell with some people, right? You, what regardless of what it is, and you come out on the other end, you hug it out and and you're closer for it. You know, uh, wrestling was a big one for me, like. During practice, you wrestle with your friends, and you and you go all out on each other trying to win and stuff like that. And sometimes they become some just as bad as a fucking fight. You know, you're you're giving all you got and stuff like that. But it brings you closer because you know sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and it's like one of those. Some of my best friends are the guys I wrestled with and played football with, uh, were on the ship with and stuff like that because we went through these these traumas and these these close interactions where we were we were using our emotions to to get through situations. And so it's another part of that is that, and that's what they talk about is like, you know, they hug it out at the end of the fights and stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's very, um, I, I don't know what the right word is, but it's, it's this another set of emotional release yeah. that they get at the end of it. And it's, it's, it's hmm. another thing. You say hug it out. Cause, 
Because to me, when you say hug it out, I'm thinking of the scenes in the self help groups and Fight Club when <laughs> when when the narrator is hugging, uh, you know, bitch tits, right. Bob, uh, and and it's all about kind of that that emotional release. But it's it's yeah. much more emasculate. It, it, it it's a they, kind of the reverse of of the. But they do it at the end of the fight. There's a, there's there's a couple scenes yeah. where they show the guys got getting up from the fight and they I, do that same hug. I'm, sh- I'm sure that's on purpose to try to draw yeah. a parallel between those. It is. It, um, it's but, uh, it's you're done. You 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 kind of let everything like you're so tense and you're so wound up for the fight. You get done with it and well, you can just well, let yeah, it go. I mean, we always do it at the end of sparring. It's like hug, yeah. you know, give us give us a hug and you know, yep. and, and uh, you go get yourself stitched up and <laughs> <laughs> one time, one time, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I still got blood on my gloves from that one. It's kind of cool. I, I like it. Yeah, the, the one where the one where I. Yeah. We had butt. Yeah, you had. For the record, yeah. he kind of pulled me down, and I landed on his face and kind of split up his forehead a little bit. But it was our uh, green. It was our green belt <laughs> test, I believe. Yeah. For green belt. Yeah. Yeah. That my, was all good. My, my one credit of, of of drawing blood on on Noah here, uh, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> it's not going to happen any other way. <laughs> yeah. No, it's all good. Um, oh, one of the cool things I thought about too, and we were talking about the the shooting and the 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 mechanics of of the film um they used a uh, uh, bullet time in this um i don't know if you knew that so no uh, i didn't know that so this happened so, the same this was released the same year of matrix i i didn't yeah. recall that but you mentioned that at the beginning of the podcast yeah so so the bullet time sequence was done when uh marla and uh tyler were having sex the first oh, time sh- yeah and you see her kind of her naked yeah. body as it's kind of I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. I didn't realize so, that, but that's so sure, the that's I cool. what I understand is that they were wearing the um, the suits with the little dots on them. Uh huh. Um, and they so they were they weren't naked when they were doing this, but they were in the positions, and they had the 360 cameras or whatever it was, and they each took a frame, and that's how they get the 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 kind of filming of that. So it was it was a bullet time sex scene. So I, I was like, ah, oh, that's kind of cool. A, I think a more interesting shot was that shot which they actually duplicated later when uh when the narrator was was revisiting the scene uh through his new perspective of tyler as me but that (laughs) shot where it kind of moves in on tyler as he's talking about i I can't remember what he's talking about project mayhem of some sort and and the and the and the uh, film starts to shake and you start seeing the the frames or the uh the edges of the the film strip on the side as it's moving and to me that is so uh, powerful <laughs> that the the effect of that shot um and there was a lot of cool stuff in this and it's one of those things is there there's it was well done i i would love i mean i don't want to remake a fight club but i would love to see another movie that had the kind of wherewithal to have a story that makes you think so much about everything i mean if you think about I, yeah. all the stuff we talked about it's just we don't I, get enough of those anymore well i think i think they're there i think there's enough content out there it's just not in the forefront anymore it's, okay it's I, very I agree with you on maybe it's it's uh it's um it doesn't have the brad pitts and uh, <laughs> and david fincher that's driving the uh, so do you think that that if this was released with uh lesser actors and i don't mean i don't mean um, acting ability, but just names uh, that this would have been the same movie. Um, like if this would have been two people that we didn't know at the time, would we have paid as much attention, or did we really give it the credit I, because it's Brad Pitt? 
I think it would have. I, I think it would have resonated. I don't think it would have been as successful. Uh, okay. Brad Pitt's success certainly drove it, um, but uh, and 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 therefore it would have been harder to find. It would have been a diamond in the rough, you know that that. And that's True. what I'm saying. That today, that's probably where you're going to find this sort of stuff. Is I- is digging yeah. deeper and finding something that doesn't uh, stand. You're out. more likely to find movies like this because you're more into the indie. Um, you're you're more into those kind of movies than I am. I right? was. It, now I'm on kind of a <laughs> weekly schedule where I have to watch certain things. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh man. Oh. <laughs> uh. Um, yes, that's funny. That's that, I'll take that blame. No, that's no, it's all, good that good. we're doing. I, I <laughs> one of the reasons why I I really enjoyed our podcast from a couple weeks ago when we did the 2021 review is because we got to talk about things that weren't on the podcast, yeah. and I I hope we get to continue to do that because I think well, it helps it helps me continue to watch <laughs> things that we're not podcasting about. Well, uh, which, and which I would love to do that. I know, best I know we too. started. When we started, we talked a little bit about what else we're watching and stuff like that, and, uh-huh. and maybe we add that back. And I was I was trying to get us more into the meat of the the podcast, and you know, not spend so no, much time on. No, this, I know it doesn't I, have to I, be I, all I, the time, but uh... well, yeah, I mean, I I don't know about you, but I recently have been watching more than just what we're podcast. I I recently watched uh, uh, Peacemaker. Did you? Uh, yeah. Oh my God, I think you were telling me about it that you were excited to see. I did mention it on the 2021 review, but I haven't. Yeah, seen it in. Yet. I was I was like I you know I, I didn't really care about the character and I watched the first three episodes and holy shit is it fucking good, it is funny. Nice. It is. Peter Gunn um, did it. I mean he he directed this the new Suicide Squad and didn't he direct this as well? It or? is it is even far it's farther and it's 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 dirty it's funny <laughs> it's it is like a South Park meets superhero like there's fart jokes there's pussy jokes there's it's just funny. <laughs> They have a fucking eagle in there that hugs right. him. I'm I like, mean, oh my I've god! Seen, that's... I've seen the trailer, a few trailers, so I know. It is. I know it's the pretty damn good. Uh, also on that, and I don't know if you've seen this, but I I finally watched the first three episodes of uh, Book of Boba Fett. Oh no, I haven't. I just does it get better? Okay, no. Oh okay, shit. <laughs> I told you I watched like 15 minutes, and I was like, uh, this is. I'm I'm nervous. Oh. I don't want to watch anymore, but. Uh, I, I talked to a guy today. He said episode two was better than episode one. That's all oh. as far as he had seen. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think they all three were about the same for me. There's what, nothing. Did, it's did not you, Mandalorian. Did you see the new trailer for the new uh, MCU uh, series on Disney Plus with uh, Isaac? Uh, um, what's it called? It. Uh, uh, don't look at me. Oh, like that. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. You see actually, I saw that in. Um, I have to admit, I know nothing about Moon Knight, so I don't know anything that's going on, but it looks pretty good. It looked, I, I I, was a little taken back by the trailer because it was so actionless. It was much more mysterious the whole time. And at first I thought it was a movie and it wasn't until later that I found out that it's actually a, you know, a six part series. Well, I think what, I think what that is, is that's the setup. Like and I think one of the most lead of characters what... just died in a ski accident too. You yeah, I saw that. That was the French... day. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, so, that. Uh, luckily, uh, they filmed all his parts for this first uh, six episodes. I he think. played like a young Hannibal in the Hannibal Rising series. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, from what I understand, that or, or what I gleamed was that what we saw so far in that little trailer is pretty much the setup. So it's pretty much at all the first episodes, and we're going to get a lot of stuff in. Good, on. good, because so, uh, that the, you know it, it's always. 
I love trailers that 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 tell you a lot, but at the same time, it's always disappointing to watch oh, the content. Yeah, yeah. So it so good for good for that. That's that's very bold of them to. Not I know a lot of MCU much. fans that I know are really excited Moon Knight, and I don't know anything about him. I'm I'm tempted to go read some comics about him just to see if I can get. Uh, but it it seems like people are super excited about. I mean probably more so than almost all the other series combined um not combined but in general like you know like more more uh looking forward to this i mean i've been hearing about this since wandavision so is this fair to say what's his name something isaac um I, uh yeah it's isaac i think oh. well anyway he was in uh the the last um or not the last the second the last x-men movie he played uh uh the the main baddie the the big blue oh yeah god uh, god like baddie from Egypt uh, which was <laughs> uh, so anyway is this considered a second uh, Marvel you know someone who's in Marvel twice even though X Men isn't typically isn't necessarily MCU canon Oscar but, uh, Isaac Oscar Isaac thank you yeah a great one of one of my favorite movies of his is uh, Inside Lewin Davis. We talked about Coen Brothers and Big Lebowski earlier, but Inside Lewin Davis is another Coen Brothers movie where he plays a folk singer, and it is absolutely incredible. I think. Well, I mean, his introduction he, to he was Poe in the in the last three uh, Star Wars. I know. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, he's not. Uh, he's no. I'm sure we've talked about him in our first podcast and dismissed him because <laughs> uh, we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> We weren't too True. pleased with that uh, that movie. So, but um, but X Men. What was he? He was like apocalypse. Apocalypse. Is that it? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, interesting thing though. X Men are not considered MCU. Right. I know, but they're still considered Marvel, right? They're still considered Marvel. So, so is it could... fair to say he was two Marvel characters? <laughs> Yes, it is okay. fair to say he was two Marvel characters, but he's not two MCU characters. Right, that's fair. Okay, okay. <laughs> Which we have had a few. Not, not. I mean, it's gonna happen. Yeah. But I mean, at least this this one I think is gonna be a a big one for him, and I know a lot of people are, are really excited. I like I said, I know nothing about it, so um, I'm I'm kind of intrigued. Um, kind of looks like a poor man's Batman in a way. Um, oh, have just, you seen the, the the recent trailers for the Batman? <laughs> I'm I, I, well, so excited about some of the. I was the, excited when I saw it a month ago, so okay. I don't know if it's a different trailer, but yeah, I'm 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 thinking it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm like I'm like I'm hoping they're not to go too over overboard with the trailer again for the same reason yeah, that, that they've given away too much or given given up too much of the <laughs> of the of what we're going to experience in the movie, but that's right. Good one. All right. Um, anything else on Fight Club you got? I, I try to, you know, looking at my notes, I think we've touched about all of it. I mean, all my all my notes are philosophy. I felt kind of weird. On, <laughs> on a, I'm not used to talking so much about uh, about ideas and, and uh, things that were everything other than the, the movie itself that we saw. But that's what that's what this movie kind of does is it makes you. Oh, think. it's definitely about a mind. It, it makes you think. And that's yeah. I, I, that's what made it so good. It's a mind, which is funny because, you know, we talked about it, it is it is. Yes, it's a movie geared towards men and masculinity, and 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 yes, well, there's going to be some who people can look, who can look beyond the violence because because that's what I think. Some people see True. the violence and they get turned True. away, and that's fair if that's not your your thing. But but if people who who are drawn towards that and kind of 
turned on by it, they get to see something on the other side that hopefully makes them a little bit more uh, uh, self-conscious about what's going on with their lives and, and, and the lives in general in this world. <laughs> okay. That I, I'm way. trying... <laughs> no, I, no, 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 you're, you're, I was trying to read my notes. I'm like, oh, what the hell was I talking about there? <laughs> so um, check out, check out, uh, Chuck, uh, Chuck Polinick, um, on YouTube. Cause he's got some great, uh, great quotable things. Uh, if you well, apparently he's got some other good books too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. People talk to it, <laughs> which is funny. I was like amazed at as many people, like there was a lot of people that had read that book, which I, I didn't even know is from a book. You know, but that's that's me. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm very... and only three years between the the book and the movie. That's that's unusual right. to to have something that stands out so much that they say I had to make a movie about this. Yeah, um, yeah. It was it was it was good. I um, I can't think of anything else to talk about as far as like I mean we well, covered we're two hours so... in. I've been uh, drinking a little bit, and, and you know <laughs> what? I've got to work after this, so I probably. What? I know I, we had some sort of system crash at work that that uh, I have to recover from. So someone brought down hours. the system. It's yeah, probably our, our wireless went network crashed. Uh, oh, and so I have to roll back the the software <laughs> on it so that it's a little mm, bit more stable. That sucks. Um, so I have to Art. kind of sober up. I got uh, <laughs> nah, find a way to work drunk. That's how I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to do that every day. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I, I would love to do that, but it's, you know, I can't do that. Um, yes, this is an incredible movie. Um, join us uh, next week. We are going to jump into uh, back into Disney Plus. We're going to uh, listen to or not listen. We're going to cover um, Hawkeye, the newest uh, Disney uh, Plus series uh, from the MCU, which I am incredibly excited for. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I I, I can't believe how good it came out. I, I, I'm going to put it right out there. I'm going to show my hand right now. I enjoyed that series incredibly. Um, but I've it always sounds been... like it was the uh, least uh, least profitable for, for uh, Disney Plus as far as the four that came out. So that'll be something worth worth kind of discussing what, uh, why, why. How, people... how, how do no, they I'm arrange just... that as profitability, I, I don't No, I mean, it just wasn't, people didn't take to it as much. And... Um, but oh, see, I, I have a total different take. No, on that. no, no. no. Well, it, there's difference between something that's profit, profitable and something that's entertaining. And I agree that this is <laughs> this is much more uh, uh, worth right. looking You're at. You're profitable and I'm entertaining. Or wait, is no, that backwards? No, that's not what I mean. <laughs> next, join us next week. We'll try to sort out our thoughts. But what's now? This isn't. This is not in our typical MCU lineup because no no uh, this is this we're, is we're covering three, uh, yeah what's the following week when we're actually back to ooh, our, that's a good question I, uh, we did internals MCU. so I think we were back on a Netflix um, release uh, if I'm not mistaken it was uh, either Jessica Jones season 2 or um, okay Luke Cage season 2 if I'm not mistaken okay I'll look it up but, but I've probably got to get ahead of that because those are those aren't your typical uh, these days. It's now about six episodes of, you know, 15 right. minutes each. Whereas the no, Netflix no. ones uh, were always like 12 episodes of one hour. Yeah, no, they we're were... on to Jessica Jones season two will be the. Okay. Okay. So I should get started then. Uh, <laughs> I've already watched yeah. Hawkeye, so I'll be able to comment on that without having to rewatch that. But uh, yeah, Jessica our normal Jones, MCU. 
Yeah, normal MCU is Jessica Jones and then uh, Luke Cage season two. Uh, then we're going to finally get it back into another movie. We're going to get our Doctor Strange. So, so that'll okay. cover us for our MCU coverage for the next uh, uh, nine weeks there. So that'll be kind of fun. And in the meantime, we'll we'll find some other fun stuff to do. Maybe we'll talk about uh, Peacemaker or, or uh, Boba Fett. Um, or Cobra or... Kai. Oh my God, I totally forgot about Cobra Kai. I haven't seen it yet, and I know you said it was pretty is worth <sighs> podcasting about. So, so, oh, it's so I, that series is so fun, <laughs> so fun. Um, yeah, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it as just fun. We'll, okay, we'll keep it as that. All right, cool. Uh, well, uh, thank you for joining us on uh, uh, How We Sees It. Uh, always remember to uh, rate, review, and subscribe on your podcaster uh, app of choice. Uh, you can always join or don't because because you know that's something that Tyler Durden would say. Fuck consumerism. Fuck rating and reviewing. Just leave us a negative comment and go from there. No, no, that's not how it works, Steve. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> oh, Jesus, don't listen to Steve. That, that's not how it works. Uh, no, you don't have to, but it is much appreciated. And it's nothing about consumerism. It's it's only about our our own egos. Has nothing to do. We make no money off of this. Uh, so, um, also, you can join our Facebook group or uh, at a Facebook. We're at uh, How We Sees It uh, podcast. Or on Instagram, which is the HWSI podcast. I believe that's our only ones. I was thinking about doing a Twitter, but then that's just, no. <laughs> I wonder if there's a way of like splicing in like an audio cock at the end of this podcast, like they do in Fight Club. <laughs> I think you just did it right there. <laughs> okay, good. There you go. Splice cock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hail Caesars, everyone. Uh, hail Caesars. <laughs>